Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And today we are with Lauren Bullen, aka Gypsy Lust. Uh, she is one of the OG travel bloggers. Uh, about five years ago, she started uh, taking the whole Instagram thing pretty seriously and it just started out as her living up in Cairns chasing waterfalls uh, and posting it on Instagram became like a bit of a challenge for her uh, to kind of find like the coolest and most unique places and this was in the really really early days uh, of the platform Um, she ended up getting a bunch of work with uh, the tourism boards which led to her meeting her now partner Jack Um, they've traveled the world together for the last few years Um, just built their their dream villa in Bali which uh, they both live it's it's a really crazy story of just how Instagram and the internet has the ability to change people's lives and these guys are living that, I guess, that digital nomad lifestyle that you kind of now know is possible through Instagram. Um, she lives in Bali uh, in this villa that, that her and her partner have built and they had a pretty, I guess, a crazy experience with the whole corona thing. Um, she ended up having to come back to Australia and do the 14 days quarantine without being let out of her hotel or any fresh air. Um, but yeah, just a really, really cool and genuine chick. I really enjoyed the chat and it was just so cool to to kind of talk to somebody that really saw this whole Instagram thing happening before essentially anybody else did. Um, so yeah, really, really enjoyed this podcast with uh, with Lauren. Uh, we are brought to you by the guys at Cricks Tweed. They are still doing their, uh, their KTM 450 giveaway. So any new or used car and that you buy from the guys at Cricks Tweed will get you in the draw to win that. They're drawing it later in the year. Uh, you can head to crickstweed.com.au to find out more. Uh, we're also brought to you by our long-time, long-term partners, Boost Mobile. Um, these guys have been with us basically since the start of the podcast, and they just continue to support us uh, and, and provide us um, with really like data is just so huge for us whether it comes to the the posting that we do um the live stream stuff we actually use boost mobile data for all of our live streams because it's just a little bit more reliable in my opinion um and yeah these guys have just been been so great to work with i i really am a very genuine believer uh, in the products that they 
that they do offer. Um, their data plans are uh, the best in Australia and they're on the Telstra full 4G uh, LTE network. So uh, if you're in, in the market for a prepaid plan, look no further than the guys at Boost Mobile. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Dixon Quality. Uh, you can head to dixonquality.com.au uh, and use the code RAMPTHIEF to get 20% off your flannel. Uh, also brought to you by the guys at Combat Nutrition. Um, I had a big one six weeks ago and I've just been pretty much on the recovery train since. Uh, I've been really doing my best to eat well um, and take the proper supplements to try and help my body heal. Um, so the guys at Combat have been huge in that. You can head to cmbt.com.au uh, and you can also use the promo code GYPSY at checkout for 15% off. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Macro Kitchen. Uh, they're basically just across the Gold Coast Highway uh, from Wahoos here in Burley. And these guys are a really big part of my weekly routine. Uh, I do enjoy to cook these days um, and I do my best to uh, to meal prep for the week, uh, but Macro Kitchen kind of fills in the blanks for me. Uh, I'm always getting a few of their meals um, for when you know my time sort of gets a little bit limited or I don't quite get the chance to cook again through the week. And I really enjoy not only the selection that those guys have, but also the fact that it is fresh. It's never frozen. Um, you can pick up in store or you can get delivery with a certain radius. Uh, and for Gypsy Tales listeners, if you head to their website, macrokitchen.com.au and use the code gypsygang10, that will give you 10% off your order. Uh, the guys at Anarchy Trailers are also helping to deliver this podcast to your ears. Um, absolute legends. They have built an amazing company uh, local to the Gold Coast and they can custom build basically any trailer that you want. Uh, they do really great moto trailers. They do food trucks. They do coffee vans. They do or like coffee trailers, food trailers. They do the whole lot. Uh, and the best way to find them right now is just on Instagram at Anarchy Trailers. Uh, we have our Gypsy Tales merch for sale on gypsytales.com uh, if you want to support the show. Uh, that is it from me. Thank you so much to Lauren for making the time uh, to come in and have a chat. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you guys too appreciate it. <laughs> I'm at a gypsy. Gypsy Tales. Get excited. Tea. Shipping now by John Brendan. What's up, Gypsy Gang? Lauren Bourne is in studio with us today, aka Gypsy Lust. So a bit of a uh, bit of a gypsy collaboration today. Yeah, it is. Appreciate you coming into the studio. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming in on basically like zero info about what this podcast yeah. is, what we talk about. Like, there's no questions. I was like, so any prior questions I should prepare? Like, no, we just talk. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did watch some of your stuff before. Um, yeah. Actually, Katie, um, we were just in here having like a bit of a powwow about just business as young entrepreneurs do, mm-hmm. um, and she actually suggested. Uh, you for like your content and the stuff that that you and your partner do and mm-hmm. uh, like all the crazy shit that you guys have um, going on and the whole COVID thing like it's kind of been a bit of a gnarly gnarly couple months for you guys yeah so. it has crazy year mm. for everyone but like everyone in their own certain way like everyone's kind of got it tough in some way yeah <laughs> yeah it's it, it has been one of those like it, it's been one of those weird years because there's so much reason to say poor me 
mm-hmm. this year. But I feel like everyone's kind of got perspective that someone has it worse than them. Yeah, and so you can't complain too much. You're like, yeah. well, I won't complain because someone out there has definitely got it worse, but yeah, poor me. But I do have a kind of shit <laughs> But still. it's kind of shit for me too. <laughs> yeah, well, so you had to do the legit two-week hotel quarantine, right? Yep. So legit. what was that experience like? Um, look, I don't really want to do it again, but the prior to it, I really built up this anxiety over it. Like, oh, it's going to be so horrible. There's no way I can do it. And then I kind of came to terms with the fact that I'm going to have to do it if I want to come see my sister have her first baby. And um, so then I was like, well, look, I'm going to be doing it. So I need to change my attitude and I need to go in there with like a really positive mindset and be as productive as I can while I'm in that room for the 14 days. So I think that was the key to making it bearable. I mean, it's not fun. You're in a bedroom. You cannot leave. Like I didn't go out that door once. The minute I walked in, didn't walk out again for 14 days. And I had like a big, beautiful window that looked over the ocean in Surfer's Paradise, but torture. no open window. So you're breathing recycled air conditioning air for 14 days. Yeah. Um, but I was lucky to have family pretty close by and friends and I got them to bring me appliances and food and everything. So I kept myself super busy cooking my own stuff. I, I didn't want to So you had about like an food. apartment kind of deal? No, oh. I had a bedroom and I just, wow. I, I pushed all the furniture around the room. So I had as much floor space as possible. And then I set up like a blender sandwich press of like a yeah. slow cooker kind of thing. And um, yeah, declined all the food that the hotel was bringing because that was... Just shit. Shit, yeah. yeah. Um, and that gave me a purpose each day was like cooking my own food and then being online and having a presence online was Isn't really that helpful. Weird? Isn't it weird though that like you can do – because I've thought about this. I haven't had to do the quarantine thing mm. and I kind of half want to. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Just so you can say you've done it. Well, I – well, for, I like reading, so like yeah. I'll I'll just literally days of reading. Oh, yeah, because it's one of those things where I have to like schedule that shit in, yeah. and it becomes a. If you do too much of it, then it's like it's like doing too much of anything. It's like yeah. it's like my Netflix kind of deal. Yeah. So right. for me, I'd be like, fuck yeah, like I could smash through a like a list of shit, <laughs> and so I mean, to me, I kind of would have liked to just experience it and experience the the challenge, because like. If you think of like on a bigger level, mm. like we have so much freedom yeah. as like Australians, yep. white people living in Australia, good looking, like, you know, you do well with work, but like that's freedom, yep. complete and utter freedom. So it's like, fuck, I almost feel like people should have some of their freedom taken away in a to sense, in a there's nothing bad that's going to happen to you from having to spend two weeks in a hotel room. Yeah, gain some perspective and yeah. appreciation for like afterwards. I was just so appreciative for air, like fresh air. As soon as I could, I was like, yeah. oh wow, yeah. walking about like this feels good. Oh, like being around people again. Yeah, to me that was a big thing. Like I was like, oh human, hello. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that it's like cool to sort of go through that and yeah. then realize the stuff that's super important to you because as good as you've got it, I mean, it's like anything, anything becomes normal. Mm-hmm. If you do cocaine a lot, it becomes mm-hmm. fairly normal. Yeah. And it's like to the person that never does cocaine, that does it one time. Yeah. It's like a, a life altering, you know Experience. what I mean? It puts them yeah. in a life altering state, but then you do it for, 
years and years and years and you just become like functional existing in that state. Yeah. And I think that people do that with just life in general mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Is they're like, oh, my, so life's, comfortable my with, life's good. Yeah. yeah. You get a routine. So I think this whole year has thrown people out of their comfort because so yeah. many, like you've had to rethink so many different situations now. Mm. It's really been an interesting one. But yeah, the hotel quarantine was definitely tough because my biggest thing is I like to exercise and I like Mm. to get out and that's part of my everyday routine and being in a bedroom confined to a bedroom made that very restrictive and that's what gave me this goal of I'm going to I'm going to get my steps in I'm going to exercise every day I'm going to and then another goal of mine was oh I want to really get into my YouTube channel I've been trying to do this for a year and so part of it, I was like, oh, everyone's really, everyone online was super interested in it. Like they were just like, why, how, what's going on? Like With your quarantine. Yeah. Like yeah. my story views on Instagram doubled while I was in there. And so many people were like, were I followed you. Were you posting a lot though? Yeah. I started yeah. just sharing like the whole yeah. like flying experience and then like checking in and being like, oh, I'm in here for 14 days. And I think people just started clicking on and being like, what? You're stuck yeah. in that room for 14 days? Why? This is so interesting. What is she going to do? Like, yeah. what's going to happen today? And I had so many people towards the end being like, look, I know you're so excited to get out and I'm so excited for you. But selfishly, I've really enjoyed watching you in here and I'm kind of yeah. sad to see you go. It's kind of <laughs> like uh, it's kind of like real big brother. Yeah, exactly. Because they're like watching in on you and yeah, by yourself. So I actually kept myself so busy that I hardly even got time to watch Netflix. That's awesome. And Netflix is like my downtime. Yeah. And because I was busy, I was like editing, learning how to edit videos and doing all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't, it's, it's 11 PM. I better get to bed. I haven't even watched any Netflix today. Yeah. So I think that was an interesting spin to the experience of like how productive you can be and yeah. set new challenges to yourself. I mean, a lot of people are going to be still gonna, going to have to go through this. I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. Mm. So my biggest advice to people that will have to or know somebody is to keep busy. Mm. Well, it's, goals. it's cool that like I was going to say you've got goals. Like mm. you're an entrepreneur, like mm. you're a, a businesswoman. You don't get to what, how many, you got like 2 million followers yeah, or something like, yeah. like that. You can't accidentally have 2 million followers. Like you mm. really got to fucking work yeah. at that to, to kind of reach that. And I think that, yeah, like you're just going to be a goal-orientated person if you've kind of <laughs> got to that. Not saying that th- that number's a goal. No, no, but no. But yeah. you've got to keep got con- continually goals. like hitting yeah. little marks and then you sort of you end up. motivates me. Yeah, in yeah. a place like that. Mm. But um, it's interesting that whole like online community thing because mm. it's like before I started the podcast, I was never in front of a camera ever. No, you're like, behind, right? Yeah, so I, would, I was just filming and... I didn't interact with anybody online. I didn't like, I'd watch the shit I did online, yeah. but that was it. And then I had a couple hundred followers on Instagram that I knew that were just like my friends nice. and family. And, uh, and then now like, fuck, I can talk to really, really rad people through my Instagram all day, every day if I wanted. Yeah. And yeah, like, there crazy, is like right? a, I would like right now with what I've built just now, if mm-hmm. nobody else listen to it ever again then it's like a really fucking cool group of people that i could like always interact with yeah it's kind of weird it is (laughs) it'd be weird at your level too yeah sometimes you kind of almost forget that there's those people behind there yeah and it's when you have these moments like this like these out of out of the normal yeah or meet people in real life and then you're like oh that's right like there's actually people watching yeah. interacting and following and yeah you like 
no matter where you go, you you will know somebody. Like you could, if yeah. you were by yourself and you wanted to meet up with somebody, you could find someone that has a connection with you. They know something about you already. So yeah. you can straight away, like if you met up, they would be like, oh, I know, how's your dog or how's this? And you have a connection already. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, um, I think they call it a parasocial relationship. So like when somebody, say if you've got like a, a person that follows you mm-hmm. and like watches all your content, listens to the, you know, like the kind of person that will literally listen to this and never listen to it again, like just because you're on here, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have tho- those level of people. I think they call it like a parasocial relationship because you actually don't know that person. Yeah. But they, they know, know a lot about you. Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting to experience like those things when you're kind of oblivious to like how much people could even know about you. Yeah, you, know? you don't really even really know. But then you kind of think about the perspective that there's people online that don't know me mm. and I know a lot about them. True, yeah. Like there's people that I'm looking on online and going and searching and finding out and like, oh, what's their story? What's their this? And you find out so much about them and they have no idea you even exist. So yeah. we, we all experience it. Yeah, it's, a, it's such a bizarre – like that shit wouldn't have happened on this scale like – you think about like I always think about this idea now that like fringe culture is culture. Mm-hmm. Like there is no, there's no real like pop culture anymore. Like how old are you? 27. Yeah. So like I'm a bit old, I'm 32. Mm-hmm. So I grew up, it was like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Like, yeah, and you yeah. would have, you know yeah, what I mean? No. Like Christina Aguilera, like <laughs> yeah. all that was like Britney Spears. That was like my, like boom, I'm right in the middle of that. Yeah. And it was like, pop stars and pop culture and it was just such that's a what that's what you knew that yeah but now whereas like like for me then when i started getting into like uh with like motocross and stuff i started getting into like metallica and slayer and it's like that shit was like fringe culture like that wasn't a big uh thing that was like pushed on you you kind of had to go out of the way to find it It, Mm -hmm. and then you ended up being in like this weird you know with like this weird little crew of people and there was like maybe three or four dudes in school that like listen to that music whereas nowadays it's like in the real world I guess that still kind of happens but now you can be like um like a podcast dude I follow is like Adam 22 Mm -hmm. and he's like this he's like this white dude that interviews rappers basically and uh and to me, that guy's like famous yeah. and he's got this huge kind of empire that he's built off these interviews, but like pop culture wise, he'd be like not famous at all. No. But if you looked at, say, if you put him back 10 years beforehand or, or 15 years beforehand, like that many people knowing about him, that many people paying him to do shit, that many sponsors, he would have had to have been like mainstream yeah, famous. Like he top, couldn't yeah. have been like independently famous yeah. you know it's like created all these outside little businesses and little communities outside of just this one yeah. thing that it used to be now that's like there's so many niches yeah all over that you don't even know about and you're like oh yeah you're like what is pop what culture anymore yeah. like where did it like i feel like probably like maybe the kardashians mm. like fucking trump you know what i mean like there's like there still is like popular famous people yeah i just feel like people nowadays with the way that social media is people can just like find exactly like one person that they like and then interact with that community that likes that person connect to that one niche that's yeah in line with what they're interested in instead of just following along with what the mainstream media is all circulating about it might be one pop star 
and and like you know the three kids that I used to hang out with school that liked metal we'd sit in the band room and fuck around and you know that was just three of us mm. but now it's like all right you might live in a town that only has three people that like metal but you can be connected Across daily yeah with all these like people. thousands and thousands and thousands of those people yeah so it's just such like a it is just such an interesting time and then to go through something like you went through with this whole quarantine thing i feel like like for me i haven't um i drove to sydney a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. so i got back from bali in february just before. like right before everything was going yeah. down and then so like no i didn't have to do quarantine or anything no. like that um and then I've done one trip to Sydney. And that's that's it. it. I drove to Townsville actually as well to stay with a mate. And how much do you it. normally? Fucking constantly. Yeah. I was in between October and February. I was in four countries. Wow, yeah. So which would be what a lot like what you guys are like. Yeah, we would be going somewhere at least at least to one location every month, sometimes more, sometimes mm. multiple. Um, and then since... It all started. So in this year, actually, I've basically not traveled anywhere. In January, I went to Western Australia and did like a little- Where'd you go? Van. We got a van in Perth and then went down to Esperance. Yeah. And that was stunning. And then February- Perth, we, people don't know how good Perth is yeah, or Western Australia. I, like I, that was my first time there yeah. as an Australian, first time there. So good. And I was like, wow, this place is epic. Like really loved it. Um, and then February, I came over to the Gold Coast and was just visiting family, basically. Wasn't doing any trip. I came over with a couple of friends. Are you from here, though? Yeah, I'm from northern New South Wales. But yeah. my like now, whenever I come back here, this is my place, Gold Coast. Yeah. My sister lives here. My family lives in Brisbane and yeah. all over the place. So, yeah, this is kind of like my where I come back when I come home to Australia. Yeah. So I came back in like February and then went back to Bali. And then as soon as I got back, pretty much COVID happened. Yeah. So this year I've traveled nowhere. And then since COVID happened, I sat in Bali the whole time. And then a couple of like a month or so ago, I came back to Australia. And I was only purely coming back because my sister, she's my twin sister and she was giving birth to her first baby. Yeah. So it was like pretty close and I had to be there for it. So that's literally a reason why I came back. Otherwise it's like... What month are we in? August. And mm. I haven't gone to any other countries other than Bali where I'm living and Australia where I'm from. So it's the first year in since I can remember really that I haven't gone to another country and I don't even know if I will get to this year by yeah. the sounds of things. It's crazy. Like I've realized too that doing this whole um this whole corona deal that like fuck I distract myself with travel. Yeah, I'm like, so... Because I can, I just dip. Like yeah. I constantly... I got a friend call me from New Zealand and be like, oh, we're going to do... All right, cool, I'll come. I'll come, yeah. And then, and then you go. Off. Yeah. Vietnam, I'll go. Like, and we always constantly... And since I was 18, that's what my life's been like. Yeah. And now I'm realising though that, fuck, you can get a lot of shit done when you just stay in one I place. I know, <laughs> I've like been the most productive it's that crazy. I've been in like forever like yeah. i'm amazed i'm like oh like i i used to always have to plan everything around when i was going away so like before going away it was the lead up of like getting this organized that organized getting beauty things done this that picking outfits whatever the job might be doing or where we're traveling to that like it takes a lot of work to plan for a trip when you're doing what we're doing and that was basically what my and then between that my downtime was just like hanging out with friends going out for dinner going to the gym hanging yeah. out by the pool like 
literally did like nothing. My work was when I was traveling. So now I'm all like, oh, wow, I have so much time and I've like got all these ideas. Like my partner's been in Bali this whole time. He's launching a clothing brand. He's like, if this hadn't have happened, I would have never have done this because mm. I wouldn't have had the time and I would have had to keep going away on jobs and then got disturbed and been like, oh, think about it later. And then everything would have just taken so long. He's like, I've been here. So every day he's just driving off to factories, to this place, to that place. And it's like a good it's a good thing in a way that it's given up, like given people mm. opportunities to try new things or like start new businesses that you were wanting to do. Like for me, part of it was YouTube. So part of this time I've got to start my YouTube and really start growing that platform, which is another business venture. Mm. So um, mm. the YouTube stuff. So how long have you been doing the YouTube stuff now? Cause that's like way, I put a lot of effort into our YouTube, but it's like hard. Like it's a fucking hard platform yeah, like, to I work with. I think I first did a video maybe like six months or so ago. Yeah. And then that was just like a Q&A and I was like, okay, I'm going to start it. Because we, we, I kind of prepped myself that I had to do YouTube. We did a house tour video of our house yeah, in Bali. And it got three, I think it's on 3.8 or f- three, 3.8 million. It's not on my channel. Oh, it's on your boyfriend's, right? Yeah. yeah. And it got 3.8 million views. And on that video, we said, we're going to be answering any questions you have on Lauren's YouTube linked. So then that was like my thing where I was like, okay, I'm obliged now. I have yeah. to start YouTube yeah. because we've put this like announcement out that we're going to be answering all those questions on my channel. So then after that, I did a Q&A and then I did the house to a Q&A, which two months ago. Yeah. So I started my YouTube four months ago, but only really in the last month have I posted some more just like everyday videos. Yeah. And I've been on Instagram for years, but yeah. YouTube, I was always like, oh, I don't know. I, I had this idea that I had to be doing really professional travel style videos. Yeah. Which and is then, the, that's most people's fucking problem with like when they're, don't create something or yeah, they don't start o- something. You over-analyze over yeah. it and think yeah. you, there's all this pressure. It has to be so big and professional and I don't have those skills yet. I, like I don't want to just pop out this mediocre video. And then I started – I think my sister inspired me. She started her YouTube like over a year ago. What What does your sister do? So she does – similar to me. Yeah. Her name's like Ellie but Elsa's Wholesome Life on yeah. Instagram. And she runs like a lifestyle f- like food. She has a couple of published cookbooks here in oh, Australia. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and um, has like a brand and does heaps of stuff. So we kind of do very similar stuff, but like what we're about is a little bit different, more yeah. to do with like our personalities. Um, and she started YouTube a year or so ago and has just done really well with it, seen like really good growth in like her community and like her connection with her followers. And yeah. it's been a good business decision as well. Like I just like watched how she did it and she did does like the everyday kind of lifestyle videos. And people are super interested in that and then they feel more connected to her and I was like, oh, I, like that's all I really have to do. I think I'm overthinking it yeah. that I have to be doing these big production videos every time. But that's not really feasible, like especially no. when you're starting YouTube and you're so busy with other things. I don't have the time to be doing these big professional videos when that's not even where my skills are at. Like yeah. my skills are in photography and doing travel photos and doing social media. So yeah, when I decided to make it more relaxed and just like – more just relatable like, more relatable yeah. and just getting to know my followers and trying to give them information and value and share different things that might help them or inspire them or whatever it might be and yeah i'm really really stoked that i changed my mindset and mm. just started it but i don't think if if covid hadn't have happened and we would have been still as busy just traveling and doing everything i don't know that i would have yeah really been so into it as i am do you think that you guys will still 
travel as much now after going through this experience? Uh, I think we will still continue to travel a lot, but probably not as much as we used to. And like even pre-COVID, we'd started slowing down a bit on the travel. I turned down quite a few travel jobs end of last year. Um, We'd built our house in Bali and I was really enjoying being Mm. in my home and nesting and like forming a bit more of a routine. And like, it's fucking bang on the age. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 27 to 30, it's just like, all right, oh. I need a house. I want to have a place. I want yeah. my own kitchen. I want my own fucking towels all the time. I want my nice things. I yeah. want my routine. I want my yeah. comfort. And so I still love travel and it's still going to be a huge part of our life, of course. But I just want to be a little bit more selective about where I travel to and when mm. and what the purpose is. So when I actually go on these trips, I'm full of energy. I'm excited. I can make the most of it. I can really be there. Because when you're back to back, just traveling to all these spots for all these jobs and you're nonstop working the whole time, it's kind of sometimes hard to really experience the place and you kind of miss a lot of opportunities or don't get to fully emerge yourself in Mm. that place. Yeah. I, I I used to struggle with that shit a lot too. Like I got to the point where... So when I was doing the film stuff, basically we used to just shoot like a lot of events for Red Bull. So Mm -hmm. we used to produce like their TV shows and their, like they used to be either like live TV shows or we'd record them and then go back and edit them for like Red Bull signature series. So Mm -hmm. it was just like traveling to me was just always associated with like work yeah like real legit work and, and people you just think like oh amazing you get to travel and work and you're like it is it's it's different i'm not on holidays mm. yeah i hadn't like had like working. and then i got to the point too where like i pretty much just i was like if i'm going away i have to do something for work so yeah. I'd, I'd always i just it becomes you such like escape a, it. yeah I, and it was just a program thing i think in me yeah. and um and even now, man, I find it so hard to go away and like not work, not pick up a camera and not actually yeah. actually do shit. Yeah, it's really hard. Like it's same for us because of what we're doing and we're sharing our everyday life. Even if it's not a job and we're like, let's just go here because we want to go here. We can't switch off and not work. Like our work follows us 365 mm. days a year. It's very hard to just have a holiday like mm. I haven't since starting this I haven't had a holiday mm. never never switched off and gone somewhere beautiful and just enjoyed it and not picked up a camera not gone online not read an email like I did that in Bali this you year did? yeah you just put everything down first time in like well, first time ever I went um me and my family we do this trip to Vietnam every year mm-hmm. and we we start somewhere random and we ride from like the top to the bottom mm. and it's with this company called Vietnam Motorcycle Tours yeah and um it's just become like a thing like a tradition yeah and it's so fucking fun the guy that owns the company is like the coolest dude ever he's actually been on the podcast he's oh really a, he's a G. <laughs> and um uh, but this year I crashed with six days to go Oh, so wow. like I crashed but I fucked my shoulder I was oh, in, no. yeah so I was I was gonna have to sit in the back of this van. I can't do anything now. Like I yeah. can't ride. So I was like, I'll go to Bali. And I, as well. my thing, I was just like, I'm turning my fucking phone off. I'm turning my emails off. I didn't, I told my parents that I was good at the app. Like I was like, Hey, I'm here. I'm, I'm, here, I'm, I'm sweet. Yeah. That won't was hear, it. You weren't here from me. No, nah, I took like so five cool. photos. I had like my old film camera. So I couldn't even look at ca- photos or yeah. post anything. And like, I actually, I learned some like kind of interesting shit about myself to be honest. Yeah. I eat, a lot when I'm stressed. 
So when you turned all of that off, you just ate. Just didn't even eat. Yeah, you're just like, oh. I, just- I had like four coffees a day and like breakfast and dinner. And yeah. I wasn't even really eating. Whereas when like you're stressed, you're just like, you need some kind of comfort between it. You're like, oh, I just yeah to satisfy me because i'm feeling stressed yeah feeling uncomfortable. And, I, and i had no like i had no idea that that was a thing yeah at all and like because i'm skinny constantly like i've never i never put on weight so i was just like oh i just eat because like i got a fast metabolism or whatever and then yeah six six days of doing fuck all like i mean fuck all just chilled it was uh, like the sit four dream. hour dinners four hour lunch just sitting yeah, down yeah nothing because otherwise like even if you're at like a long lunch or dinner you still phone out checking yeah. this what's happening there emails this person messaging like it's it's non-stop your brain doesn't really stop it's so busy and you if you're not actually physically doing something you're thinking about it so mm-hmm. your brain is just like oh constant yeah and, and i um when i got back i like i moved apartment and everything like that and um i didn't get a tv again and no tv i was like i'm done i'm done uh-huh. with t- i'm done with tv because i started thinking about on that trip like how relaxed i felt based off no real inputs yeah only no, what like, was presently around you yeah, was affecting exactly you, your and mood. yeah and like uh and yeah mood w- that was like a big thing is i was like man everything's very controlled in terms of like the noise that's coming in yeah. and it feels very easy to like navigate this i feel like almost felt like i had more space like with myself if yeah. that makes sense yeah. like kind of had like more space to see shit coming at you and filter yeah. it out so then I, I got back i still don't have a tv so I haven't watched a Netflix thing all year. I haven't watched a movie. I've wow. I've watched like two episodes of Rick and Morty because their new season come out. Yeah, and that's and, it. Uh, and, and yeah, that's it. But yeah, like it, from going away and forcing myself to have a holiday like that where it's I kind just... kind of transitioned and changed you. Yeah, yeah. It was... Fuck, it was awesome. Like it was just such like a good experience to... And I mean, it's only six days, but like I... It's a, still a long time. Yeah, away from... You know, and fuck, you you know what it's like. You're like, oh, then when I get back to work and post, no one is going to see my shit. My YouTube algorithm is going to be dead. Yeah. So I just fucking let go of everything. I was like, just like. Don't worry about it. Just let it go. Yeah. But it's so hard to, you know, I to feel like point. I almost, to get to, to be able to do that, I need to get, put myself in a place where there's not even any service. Mm. So I've that done that too. Even if I want to. The last time I think that I had like an experience like that with no services about four or five years ago when I climbed Mount Kenya. Oh, wow. In, and I was by my – I didn't know anyone on the – it was like a little tour. There was four of us and then the guides and the porters. And I didn't know anyone else on there. I was by myself. Wow. And it was like it was a work thing. So I was like taking pictures, of course, but it was hiking most of the day and then camping, no cell service for the entire time. And I think it was maybe like five nights – and I remember just feeling so clear, like I had this like direction of, okay, this year I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It was like this yeah, time to myself. Yeah, yeah. And I know that when I did that trip is when I decided that I was going to leave my partner. I was like, okay, I'm going to leave him. I'm going to do this business-wise. I'm going to go out on my own and just smash it. And that's literally what happened. Like months later, I was on my own. I met Jack and then boom. Wow, that's crazy, so, eh? Yeah. We – um. We did Cape York last year. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in Cairns. So we... Oh, I lived there for 
Every year. In Cairns? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah, my mum was living there teaching. She lived on Thursday Island for a bit and then she moved to Cairns and then I came up with my ex-partner and we lived there for like a year or so in around 2015. Yeah, sweet. Okay. So I know the area. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. It's pretty sick, That was the place where I first really grew my Instagram. That was the place where I lived. No shit. And I was being like a a dental assistant. So I was working Monday to Friday and then any spare minute, I was either going out to the reef, going to an island, going up to the waterfalls, like just adventuring, going to the tree. What's your favorite falls that you went to out there? Maybe Miller Miller. Yeah. Um, Or some of the gorges are really cool. There's one that's a bit south. I can't remember the name, but it's beautiful. And then I loved Fitzroy Island. Yeah, Fitzroy is sick. Yeah, really cool. Because there's Green and Fitzroy, which are the two common ones, and I much preferred Fitzroy. Yeah, the reef's a lot better there. Yeah. It's just the beach isn't as good because it's all coral. Yeah, but it's still – it's. Stunning. Did you get up, ever get up to like Davies Creek Falls and stuff like that? That sounds familiar. I I, I, I probably punched out all of them. Yeah. So oh, like fucking I was day. so motivated that before work I would go like up north to a beach for sunrise and yeah, then wow. I'd be like driving back, quickly brushing my teeth, drinking my smoothie, get to work quickly. Wow. So I was like so inspired and motivated. That's when I was learning photography. So I when I lived in Cairns is when I bought my first Canon. Oh no, Nikon back then. Nikon camera and was really learning how to use a camera manually because before that I was just using like a little yeah. kind of point and shoot. Yeah. But I was learning how to use like interchangeable lenses and like set up a camera. And so I was so into it and excited. And that's when I got my first job was with the Tropical North Queensland Tourism. Wow. They like, well, it wasn't really a job. They invited me to come along and um, they would be filming and making a video of like us exploring the area. And I had to do some Instagram posts, but everything was paid for. We went helicopters, went out to the reef, did this, did that. And I was like, this is amazing. And I think I had 15,000 followers, maybe 10, 15,000. And then um, met people on that trip that were doing it for work. Like they were either photographers, filmmakers. And um, they were like, yeah, we're getting paid per day to be here. Like, wow. And I was like, whoa. You were just like, freaking out. I was like, you guys make money? Like, because it was five years ago. It was yeah. making money doing like travel jobs and doing this kind of stuff was not really a known thing. No one really knew that people were making money. And if they mm. did, a lot of time it was just like a free product. Mm. Oh, you got a free watch and you do a post for it kind of thing. That was like the normal. If someone was getting paid, it was like, what? Like, how do you ask for money? Like the whole business side of Instagram hadn't really developed. And so when I met these people and they told me they were getting paid, I was like, this could be a career potentially. Yeah. So you saw that potential like straight away. Well, I was already doing it for like six months or so, not knowing that it was a business. And at that time, my sister had more followers than me. She maybe had like 40 or 50,000 followers. I had like 10 and she had never made a dollar before. And so I told her, I was like, these people on this trip are getting paid per day. Like you could make money. I was like, when this brand contacts you, you can ask them to pay you for what you're doing. And she was like, really? How, what do I say? And so like, that's how it kind of formed for both of us learning that it was a business thing and just trial and error. Like no, you had no one you could ask. It wasn't, you didn't have management or Man, anything. I, I wish just, I could have like heard that conversation. Like, yeah. I bet you were fucking freaking out. I was. I think I like, remember. You got like, a fucking, wait, they got fucking money. I'm like, these money. People, I'm like, these people get paid way less than you. I have way less following than you. There's they no get paid. teeth you have to clean. You don't have to clean anyone's <laughs> teeth and they give you money. Oh, that's so good. So that was kind of when the light bulb lit up and I was like, oh, like 
I could be fulfilling because my whole thing was I just want to travel. I just want to travel. So working as a dental assistant, the only reason I was doing that was to make money. So I was like, I'll make money, I'll save it up and then I'll travel. So when I found out that like when I first got the free trip, I was like, amazing. If I got more little trips like this, then I could get to do what I want to do without using my savings. And then I started developing like or started getting jobs and being like, oh, this could actually progress into a career. And I didn't ever think I would make any any serious money, but I was like, oh, I could probably make enough to like cover all my bills and quit dental assisting. Mm. And then I won't really have any savings, but that's fine because I'll get to travel and that's what I spend my savings on anyway. As long mm. as I'm not in debt and I can pay my bills, then I'm happy and I get to see more of the world. So that was, yeah, how it really happened. And like not long after that trip, started getting ones to go over to Europe, go to Vietnam. So I was like, oh, wow, like... So what, who who were the first like companies that would be reaching out? Like, do you remember Tourism Queensland? So like Tropical North Queensland, they I did a couple of jobs with them, um, and like I went to Townsville and did a job with uh, visit fuck Townsville. All goes on there. <laughs> I liked Magnetic Island. I had never been yeah, there before. Yeah, like I, fucking get eaten by sharks. <laughs> I, I actually had a like. I actually thought it was quite cool. I mean, I wouldn't nah, want to live there. It is pretty cool. We used to we used to go there for New Year's and just get fucking blind on ride, Magnetic Island. Yeah, and ride scooters around and just oh. <laughs> uh, in the little pink topless cars. Yeah, so much. <laughs> that was like, that was, that's like sketchy town. Eh? We used to fucking run them, <laughs> run them, run them back there. And then student flights and bus about, they were two yeah. ones that paid me. So that was to go to Europe and go to Vietnam. And then I did tourism Fiji. And that's when I went on that trip, is when I met my partner, Jack. Yeah. And when I went to Mount Kenya, that was with Visit Kenya, but that wasn't paid. It was just everything paid for for me to go. Um, but yeah, it was like those kind of were the jobs coming. And then there was like little things like Daniel Wellington, one of the first people to pay me as most people, most influencers would probably relate to that. Yeah. So who's that? Daniel Wellington watches. Oh, no. Okay. They're not really, well, they're still relevant, but they were like the OG watch brand. Really? Can you pull up a picture of that, Shida? What are they called? Daniel Wellington. Daniel Wellington. Yeah, right. When you see it, you'll be like, oh, they're like stocked in all stores now. All the, like, the celebrities are, like, the face of them. Yeah, right. I mean, I'll probably see it as soon as we pull up. You know those watches? Yeah, it just looks Every- like a fucking watch. Yeah, but they were the first ones to do that watch that just looks like a watch. Now everyone really? does them. Yeah, right. But they were, like, the original, like, Instagram brand that no popped shit. up. And they've, like, Huge I've read now. articles about how much money that company's worth now. And they were just a little startup company who reached out to influencers, gifted their watches, paid some people like $50 or whatever to do a post and just built and built and built. And now like the face of their brand will be people like um, Justin Bieber's wife. What's her name? Oh, Hayley. Hayley Bieber. Yeah. She's like does campaigns and they have stores all around the world now. Like I'll be in a country and see a Daniel Wellington store. Like they're just blown up. And there's a few brands like that. But back when yeah, Instagram was first was, starting, yeah. the thing was watches. Everyone was posing with their watch. Like that was like some of my biggest brand deals in the beginning were watch brands. Really? Yeah. Like one of the stages when I really felt like I'd made it and was like, oh my God, this, I've like made it. Like this is I'm killing it was when I was working with Clues Watches. Yeah. So they were a, I think they're from the Netherlands and they were a watch brand like Daniel Wellington, but they were female. And I had like a monthly contract and yeah, they kept right. renewing and it was like three posts a month. And the money that I was getting was like life changing. Like I was like, whoa, really? just a post holding a watch. And that's, and I didn't have a manager or anything back then. I was just negotiating all myself. And each time they would like, be like okay, we want to renew. I'll just up the rates. So I was like a bit more. And I kind of heard like 
through the industry, like kind of what people were getting paid. And you could, you just really compare it based on like your following. You're like, well, I have mm. this many followers. They're getting that and they have this many followers. So I'm going to ask for a bit more. Yeah. And then you just kept like upping it and upping it. And then, um, yeah, that's how it. See, this is, this is like, I, one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on in particular mm. is because I just don't think, like the whole Instagram influencer, the, it's got like kind of a weird connotation with people yeah. and it's like, ah, oh, it's not a real job or it's just because she's yeah. hot. Or, there's a fucking people don't trillion hot the girls the in the world. Yeah. And to and actually, like, like I know so many girls that are so gorgeous, but they could never do Instagram. Nah. They can't grow their page. Yeah. And it's not about that. It's not about just being gorgeous. Like there's so many gorgeous girls that don't have a following. It's not about that. It's yeah. about the entire yeah, there's the a, entire there's a business, lot. like the yeah. whole thing that you got to think about. Like you kind of have it or you don't. I mean, you can learn for sure. Nowadays there's so many ways that you can learn. There's literally you can do like courses. courses and shit. Yeah. yeah, and you can like develop the skills, but you have to have an eye for all the different details. Yeah. Have to, you have to you have to figure it out and it's yeah. like I've been figuring it out as I went from the beginning. Yeah. Whereas nowadays people can just like do a course, but then again, it's so competitive that it's yeah, like, I was going to say nowadays, how do, you, how do you stand out and be different to everyone else? Yeah. And, and grow. And it's cool the way that like, uh, you and your partner have got like, it looks like your own brand. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? You've kind of, you've done the, um, yeah, it's just like years of work to really create like, all right, this is a solid look. It's a solid this brand. Is this brand. is like, this is us. This is who yeah. we are. And and you've got to cultivate it with like the way that you want to do things. Yeah. And I know that on my end with doing this, it's like I know there's things I could do personally that would make it all go better in yeah. terms of like, you know, Instagram, reaching more people. But I'm like, fuck, I don't really want to do that. No. These days, whereas you guys, it feels like you've been doing it long enough that before all the algorithms and all the stuff yeah. got into play, like you guys could decide like, no, this is the style of content we make. This is the access we give people to our lives. Yeah. This is, we do this really nice travel. like, And you guys kind of got to set your own rules. I feel like nowadays you can get big and you can get into it, but you have to play a certain game. There's yeah. like a real fucking direct pathway now. Like to like, because Instagram's got their shit figured out. Yeah. Like Whereas, way more than people think. Like yeah. you've got to do X, Y, and fucking Z to make your shit work. And if you don't, maybe it'll work. It's not going to work as well. But I think that, yeah, nowadays to try and get into it and to, to reach like the level that you've got with it, you'd have to do some like kind of weird shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I, I mean? know. And that was like, one of the things we always pride on was like not doing anything sketchy mm. because yeah, there's a number, but nowadays people really look into the whole picture of somebody. So mm. things have to add up. So you can't just go buy some followers and think, Oh, I've made it now. People, I, I fooled everyone. Like mm. you can't just pop up out of nowhere and fool everyone. So, and then like, as we've developed, we've realized like you want to grow valuable followers. It's not yeah. just about a number. It's about, how your followers relate to you. Do they do they trust what you talk about? So if you're just promoting anything and everything that comes into your inbox and like let me tell you, yeah. I get a lot of crap come into my emails to promote. And, and I'm sure like that they want to pay offers. good money. Yeah, and I will I will look at an email and I can almost instantly, the minute I open the email, tell whether I'm gonna delete it or click on the website. And you just have to build like kind of like a reputation or have some kind of like 
level of mm. who you work with and what, what you want to work with and who is your image. And you've got to know your followers and know what they're interested in. You don't want to just be promoting anything and everything because you're just going to ruin your business. Mm. So you have to make some moves and sacrifices in the beginning by turning down some things as well mm. so that you're not just doing ads of just anything that comes into your inbox. It looks really spammy mm. and looks very unauthentic. So you want to build a relationship with your followers because if you want a longevity, like a long-term business, then they need to trust you and they need to be valuable followers that yeah. are invested in your life and invested in what you're talking about. Because if you work with a brand and they see absolutely zero return or zero like traction from any anyone coming to their page even, they're never going to work with you again. Yeah. So you're not building yourself up this like valuable long-term business. You're just doing something cheap and nasty and yeah. it's going to resonate with people from the outside. You can, you yeah. can tell. It's funny, like, because Katie's next door with Sabia. Mm. Like, we are always, like, see her, like, uh, not see, but we talk about, like, her, oh, this influencer did really well for us. This influencer did really shit for us. And, like, even in my work, like, I just had no idea how, how much impactful that yeah. a good influencer cam campaign yeah. could be and how you could just, like, waste your money on someone. Like, she has people that they just, like, they might, might not have the best – uh, not the best, the most followers or whatever, but, but they're, they're so connected with their audience. Yeah, they're so genuine. 100%. They provide such good value to their followers that you just see like this influx of orders, and yep. it's like it's so crazy to we, see like how brands are made off of like of influencers and and the way that um they have established like a connection with their yep. audience, and I feel the same as well. Like we get. Oh, and you know this, the products that we work with like I get messages all the time of people that say like they just did it to support the podcast or they just did it for this and, and that makes you feel I personally feel like a real big responsibility to like yeah. not advertise any shit yeah. and not and the other thing which I'm interested to ask you is like when you start doing better out of it like I definitely feel like a weird sense of guilt for like doing good out of just talking to people. Like I would do this for free. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now like as you start getting opportunities and things hit your inbox and you start getting um, better money out of shit, I'm like, oh, fuck, this feels weird, man. I was yeah. doing this for free. This like I don't fun. know. I want to keep it fun. Well, it's fun and it all like I love it, but it, it is like a business now yeah. and the business relies on sponsorship yep. to keep it going yeah but like fuck there, there's definitely a weird guilt that you feel of like doing better out of something yeah. i don't know and and for me a thing is like i won't want to work with a brand that even if i'm like oh like it looks cool and stuff but i'm like if they haven't got a good website like say their website looks a bit shitty or like something doesn't look quite right or their instagram they're not they're not making like a nice instagram i'm like oh I don't think I'm going to be able to like do them well and I don't really yeah. want to take their money because they don't really know what they're doing. So you don't yeah. really want to work with a brand like that because yeah. you're like, oh, they're going to think it's just me, but they're not going to realize that it's also them mm. because a lot of like getting a conversion is the entire is what process. Doing on so their if back I'm end. tagging them, they wear the page and then it's just like rubbish pictures. People are generally not going to look any further. They're like, mm. oh, oh, like that's going to be the first throw off. So if like everything's beautiful on the Instagram and they're doing a really great job and then they go onto the website, the website's amazing. Everything's like professional, on brand, looks great, like good reviews or whatever, then that's where you're going to lead to conversions. Mm. 
And so, yeah, part of it is like me is I'm analyzing them. So I'll look at their Instagram like, oh, branding's really nice. Everything looks good. Yeah, I'm liking the look of this. Okay, what's the product? Okay, yeah. what's the price point? What's how is their, is their website spammy or is it quite like professional? And that's a huge part of like building up a reputation with working with brands as well. You don't want to mm. just – you don't and you don't want to do a bad job. Like you want them to be happy with how yeah. it went as well but you want them to also like a lot of the bigger companies, they they understand the full picture of like, it's yeah. not just about the initial sale. They're like, they know about the whole structure. Like, okay, we're gathering data from people coming to our Instagram, going to our website where now we're going to repixel those. So mm. a lot of times brands aren't even, I work with some that don't even want me to tag their Instagram. They just want the traffic going straight to their website because obviously they're collecting data. They, mm. They're really concerned about, okay, we want to get all this data. It's for pretty our crazy pixel when you go into so it. So that we can back, like do some more marketing outside of that. And um, yeah, and even us, another thing I was thinking about is us, we ran a business this year. It was called the Preset Bundle. So one of our biggest businesses is that we have presets. So presets are video, uh, photo editing filters. Yeah. And um, that's What's it called? Do You Travel Presets. Do You Travel Presets. Do You Travel Presets. Because my partner, Jack, his Instagram is called Do You Travel. Yeah. So we just decided to call the presets Do You Travel Presets, but they're by the two of us. Yeah. And it's photo editing filters. And we decided to sell those in 2017, late 2017. And it was like the biggest question we ever got was, how do you edit your photos? How do you make them look Mm. a certain way? And people didn't, like a preset wasn't really a a known word. And then we heard about someone else in the community that was selling their presets. And they told us about like the kind of money they had coming through a month. And we were like, what? And we'd always been like, we will never sell our presets. Like it's our look. Cause people would be like, Oh, it's your signature. Like yeah. I see it on the explore. I know it's you guys. And so that was like our signature look of like how, how our pictures turned out and our feed and everything. And then once we heard, we're like, well, look, maybe it could maybe be, maybe, maybe it could be a good business decision. Like let's, let's think about it properly yeah. and actually decide. And then we, we decided like, okay, let's do it. And if we're going to do it, let's do it. Right. And because we'd heard other people being like, yeah, I, I, I sell my presets, but they're not really my real presets. I just throw whatever up online and just uh. like, and we were like, let's not do that. Like, let's actually sell our best presets possible because then people are going to get the results that they want to see. And then they will return and yeah. be a returning customer and we will build up reputation. Whereas if you're just selling a shitty product just to say they're yours, like that's lying and if people and already like you guys are well known for the looks like people are gonna know if their shit looks like your shit yeah they'll be like wait this isn't the same yeah so we made that decision and it was the best business move we ever made and it's like that's our bread and butter now is our store and um where was i going with this story i don't know it's a good fucking story though so just keep telling it <laughs> i'm like where was i going so yeah we decided oh preset bundle gotcha um so yeah we we decided to sell them best thing we ever did and we still do them for today and now our next business move is that we're going to end um go into video editing yeah and we're actually launching a video editing app so it'll be an application where you can use our presets like on an app yeah so right. that's our next thing is like we need to move into the app space yeah so that's hopefully launching in the next month we've been working on it all morning and really getting it looking perfect because we never want to bring out something that's yeah not our style or not up to the quality that we would expect um so yeah that's our next business move but we did one earlier this year called the preset bundle and what that was is we got together all these other influencers and creators 
and we all put together a pack of our presets or someone put in a video lots or a tutorial yeah. or like a posing guide. It was all related to like photos, photo editing um, or Instagram. And then for one week only, we sold the pack for how much was it? Like $70, 70 US dollars. And it was one week only. So after that week, you can never buy it and it was worth like three grand. So each product that everyone included, they have a retail price. We Uh, added the retail price up together and it was worth thousands, but it's $70. So it's this like bundle business move. And the idea behind it is that most people have multiple products. So you're not losing all these customers that have all got it for this $70. Yeah, by putting in like one of your- Yeah, but if everyone puts in one thing, then you all are promoting it to your audiences and then say someone else's audience will then have my presets and be like, oh, I really like the do trial presets. And then they're potentially a future customer to us. But also because it's such high value, everyone just like wanted Mm. it because they're like $70. That's what one preset pack would have cost me. But I'm getting all of this stuff for this price. And like people be like, what's the catch? I'm like, there's no catch. It's just that it's only for a week. After a week, we end it because everyone has their own businesses. They can't keep. If it went on, it wouldn't have that urgency and that drive. And so by doing this, we ran the company and we had heaps of people under us and they all worked on like an affiliate. So they were all signed up to sell their product to their fo- sell the product to their followers yep. and then they got, they got a the high link. commission yeah, on yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what they drove. And so what you're saying about different influences is that we could see how well people did and like it taught us a lot about business. So like we could see that the people that – talked about it a lot and went into detail of explaining it every day would be like guys the preset bundle does this it does that you get this this is what's included if they talked about it for an entire week and really like got added value value and like like really connected with their audience they're the ones that had amazing sales and did exceptionally well and then we also were able to see people with smaller followings that have a good connection with their audience and Mm. have known for selling their presets or like you know really connect with their audience talked about it all week in ratio they did amazing and we're like it's not just about Who's the, got the most who's followers? Got the most yeah. followers. It's about the full business, how they go about it. Like mm. what was their business move? Were they like, did they set up a full game plan where they're like, okay, this day I'm going to do this. This day I'm going to post this. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to add value, do this. Like, And we could kind of see what everyone was doing and see how it paid off. And so mm. from a business standpoint, it was super interesting for us as well to be like, oh, cool. Like, this is like a lot to learn as a business. Yeah. And and that's what I was kind of saying before. Like you just don't get to the point where you are now. Yeah. Without being like a fucking ninja <laughs> at like just learning as you go. Like, yeah. and there's just a level of commitment that you've obviously had yeah. over so long. And then obviously your partner yeah. as well. And you guys working together, like yeah. there's Single just power team <laughs> and you just, but you can't fake it. You know no. what I mean? You can't like, you just cannot do the shit you guys have done without really, really fucking working hard and yeah. being super smart about it. And I, th- and I think also is that the fact that when we started, we didn't have any money. Mm. It wasn't for money. It was out of passion. So when you start something out of passion, you will pour everything into it. So like I can remember back in the early days, how dedicated we were to getting a photo and nailing it. And mm. like we'd get to a location and be like, we need to get the best photo here. So we would go back to a spot sometimes like three, four times to make sure like the light's perfect, the mm. clouds, the ever, like we, it needs to be perfect conditions. Okay, no, sunrise wasn't good enough. Let's go back at sunset. I reckon it might be better at sunset. Mm. And so like 
Where does that come from though? Like what, what is the, cause you could look at that as being like, what's the point? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you wanted to, and I'm just trying to like, cause understand when it wasn't a business, a, yeah, I, think I my, guess, is it just that you're doing a good job? Like, okay, here's a task that I want to achieve. I've got a vision in my mind of like how this could look. I just want to get it to look get, that good because I, I think you can look at it on a surface level and, and this is the thing that I think a lot of people do is they look on a surface level and they're like, you're just putting a fucking picture on Instagram. Like, why, yeah, why, why so bother? Why so much effort? Why? But, but then that's I think why we you, are where we are. Yeah. Now. If we hadn't have been like that, we wouldn't be as successful as we are. There's no way. Mm. Because back then when we were creating some of these travel pictures, they were really unique. And that's what sent us like through the roof with like, growth mm. so people would be like whoa this couple they're just traveling the world together who's with them who are they how can they afford this like what are they doing i don't get yeah. it no one, it wasn't a normal thing that this like these couple were just traveling and taking all these pictures and staying in these nice hotels and stuff people didn't didn't understand how or why yeah so from the outside it so was this shock guys- of like what who is this couple like oh my god their pictures are amazing people would go to that place and be like i want to travel there and try and recreate this picture and back then you could create really like you still can but it's harder to create original content whereas yeah. we were going to spots that like instagrammers hadn't been to before because that wasn't even really a, a thing, yeah. thing yet or yeah. like travel influences was like quite rare so getting to some of these spots i didn't like like would get to a place and i wouldn't really know anyone else that's been there so i'd be like oh cool like let's go swing off that palm tree and do this and do that yeah and it was like super motivating and i think it's almost like, like a it's almost like a treasure hunt yeah it was it was like, like an addiction like we're like oh cool like what can we create there like how can we make this epic okay and back then it was like couple being in the photo oh what if we set up like a breakfast it's like oh floating by the pool or this and like that kind of stuff was just like people hadn't really seen it before yeah. like they just seen like the holiday snaps but when you start seeing these pictures around the world of just like amazing they're just like whoa look at the water and the this like this is crazy and i think because like my first initial like what drove me was i was like oh i want to like have nice pictures on instagram and i want to get featured so back then there was like feature accounts so place p- things like earth pics best vacations um mm. they were like repost pages so they would feature people's content that's all they did they just featured others they weren't creating their own content so there's someone behind there that's share resharing and they would they would gain really big following so these pages had like a million followers and if you got reshared or like posted by them you would gain followers so my one of my initial like motivations was like oh i want to get featured by earth i went on this america trip and i was like i want to get featured by earth because that would be like an honor to basically say like whoa epic pick yeah so that was like the motivation behind it was like i wanted to get a really good pick so that i get featured i didn't end up getting featured for like a while but it was when i was living in ken some of my pictures up there and like some of the gorges or waterfalls they started getting featured by some of the travel pages and like even like the tourism pages like getting featured by tourism australia was like wow like this is massive i'm gonna gain followers from it so that was kind of what was motivating me. Was yeah. like, I want to take epic pictures that get featured, so then I grow some followers. Yeah, and that was that was basically what it was. But then, like when you, it, it becomes like, uh, I feel like what people don't maybe appreciate is that it just like, I feel like humans are designed to do a job. Mm. And it's like everyone's got their own job that they decide to do or they, well, I guess everyone decides the job they do. But yeah. like you get out up out of bed in the morning, it's like you got shit you got to do. Yeah. 
and I just think that the way that you guys did it and, um, you know, by going into so much effort to take these like insane pictures and places no one's ever seen before. Like at some point you've just got to, you've just got to be like, man, they're just really trying to do a good job yeah. because there's, there's, that's got its own sense of fulfillment. It's like, you probably don't even need much more after that. Like, cause I mean, I know it was a kind of a different lane, but like we'd go and we'd get paid to do a shoot for this company and it was like i knew before i went there like i'm working with this writer like this is his thing that he does like i know i got to get the best angle or the best shot of him doing his best trick and again it's sort of it's pointless really you know like you could take it from any other angle you could do whatever but you want to do the best job possible exactly you're just trying to do a good job and and yeah it's like um i think it's just because the the platform is Instagram and it's like just a social media. It's doesn't, it's not taken in the same context. Yeah. People don't take it as serious. I think now people are starting, there's still this like, Oh, you're, are you an influencer? And there's like, there is definitely some kind of like smirk about it, but I'm like, well, like if you had a choice to be in my position, would you choose it? Or like, is, is it a little bit of jealousy that you Mm. like kind of, I don't know, have attitude about it. Like Mm. some people do. And I'm like, other people are like, whoa, like amazing. Like you guys do so well. Like I'd love to be in your position. There's definitely a lot of that, but there definitely is a side to some people Mm. online that think that like, oh, influencers there. Like you see when you get featured on something like Daily Mail, you read the comments and they're the kind of people that Mm. are just trolls. If you've ever read Daily Mail comments. I've never been on the Daily Mail. (laughs) Oh, but even if you just read an article and read the comments, people are horrible and they just love What's some of the shit you've had like on the Daily Mail said about you? Um, Daily Mail, they've wrote about like, can we can we try and find something, guy? I want to fucking I want to read some comments yeah. from the Daily Mail. <laughs> I've never even been on the Daily Mail. Let's fucking go. If you write Daily Mail and then my username like Gypsy Lust, you'll probably find. Um, Fuck yeah! There was one that was like copycat. So this girl um, rep- replicated a lot of my pictures around the world, and it went viral. What's this one? <laughs> You're probably going to read some shit Travel you've never bloggers, read before. Six-figure salary, trollers, relative building. Uh, what really Five, goes into creating the 500 comments are going to be like 99% hate. Yeah, Travel, let's see. Influencers, waste of <laughs> waste of oxygen, like that kind oh, of, like fuck. just real, uh, you'll probably see it. All right, let's go. Uh, bravo, yeah. they've found out contrast and contrast yeah, and okay, brightness. Okay, you go take a picture and add contrast and brightness and tell me if it looks the same. Uh, so this is about presets, about how we edit our photos. So Fucking MX store following us around the web. <laughs> so, so yeah, go show more, yeah. As soon as I read the headline, I knew there would be a scanty clad six-figure butt involved. Basic image editing. <laughs> like, read these comments. Uh, now let's hope the staff at the DM team lend do the same with uh, all the otherwise dark photos they keep publishing. Hey, that's a positive one. <laughs> Um, Actually, I'd rather see the locations without them always being in the shot. That's the kind of stuff that's just like, people are like, why? The girl's blocking the view. And we're like, that's not, that's the point of it. It's putting a person in a place and showing like, so you can picture yourself there. Like that's And it's mine. And yeah, it's I can my do photo. what I want. <laughs> you <laughs> fucking cunts. Um, go up to the article guy. I want to just see like what the. So, so that's th- like a pretty like. I guess that's like a basic one. So is there yeah. like some that have been like scandalous almost? Yeah, there was the copycat one. And so basically the copycat thing 
was that um, this girl went around to the same locations as me and replicated my photos. And she replicated it to a degree of she went and bought the exact same things I wore, edited her pictures like mine, took them from the same – like so close, so the same that I thought that she was photoshopping her head or herself into my photos. And I was like – I'm so confused. So it blew up on the media. <laughs> really? It went on. It was on Snapchat news. It was everywhere, and that was the girl. See, so look uh, at that. See, so look at her boyfriend. She even put a bandana on him. But just wow. Look at the look at the shirt, the shorts, the anklet, holding a cherry. Like same hotel. That's an expensive hotel in Santorini wow. that we didn't pay for, but she had to pay for because she didn't have a following. How much was that a night? Oh, it would have been thousands. Fuck, and, look at that look shit. At that. That's so hectic. How so, is this real? Like, look, 100 likes. I'm on 100,000 likes. Like, she didn't have a following. Fuck. Look, 100 likes. I mean, likes. did you ever message her? Yeah, so basically, look at her outfit. Wow. Anklets. She couldn't get a penny, she couldn't but get the penny. she couldn't get the penny, girl. <laughs> look at this one. Fuck. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Anyway, so it was that crazy, as you can the see. The plot thickens. So this is like oh, conversation. Yeah. like Go out to that. That was her. Was that her username? Just a wanderlust. That? Oh, that, so this is me to her. I go, I've had so many people coming to my page from Insider and calling me out that I made it all up. It's been a tough morning. Hopefully this puts it all to an end. Also, I want to ask you, your name is actually Diana, isn't it? Another three articles come out that it's a hoax. So what happened was it went out. I posted on my stories, stories were brand new on Instagram being like, this girl, because I messaged her straight away and she was like, if you don't want to be copied, be private and blocked me. And I was like, no, bitch, you don't. We're on. So I was like, <laughs> so I was like, I'm taking her down on stories. So I, I showed, I did before, like my photo, her photo, my photo, her photo. And then- You just gave her mad exposure. I, I just basically <laughs> just like threw it out there and it went mental. The DMs were just like, what, 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 what? This is fucked. How are you okay this? This is, uh. And then next thing, all mainstream media picked up on it. So like the inside, I think the inside are the ones that really pissed me off. So they called me. I was on my way to go to Miami to do a job. We were doing like a cruise job. And we're about to fly and I'm in the airport. All this media start emailing me and I'm like, I've never really been in the media before this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like I've done a few little Q&As and whatever, but nothing like this. So then they're like, we want to talk to you about it. I'm like, and I'd done a blog post. I basically took all of it and put it on a blog. Yeah. And the blog's not up anymore because of the controversy of it. I took it down because I was like, this is getting out of hand. And then, um, so I was like, okay, I'll talk to you business insider. Let's have a chat. So I talked to her on the phone. I explained everything. And she's, and she was the only media person I'd talked to. And yeah. I had all the other ones I was waiting to do them. And then this girl was saying to me, I'm getting bullied by everyone. I'm the laughing stock of my hometown, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, like, why did you do it? Just give me some like answers. And she's like, I was just super inspired. Like, I don't know. I felt like I couldn't be creative on my own. I just had to, I felt like I just had to copy what you did. And it was like, it was, it was bizarre. But it's a little bit like, a little bit weird. I feel kind of bad for the chick, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I ended up, like, but then I ended up feeling really bad for her. Did you give her a preset her. bundle? So they didn't exist then. <laughs> so then I um I said to her like I won't talk to any more media. She's like, okay, please, thank you. And I was like, well, well it'll blow over, don't worry, because it started going like viral. Because this would have been your first like first big media yeah. stunt. Because have you? Like, would you do it differently now? Yeah, I wouldn't have blasted her. Yeah. I mean, like, now these you, kind you of w- stuff, people are copying and doing it. But back yeah. then, doing this was, like, wrong. Like, doing this was classified as not not cute and inspired girl. It was, like, classified as, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you're being creepy. Because so, a lot of work goes into, like, yeah, finding and, like, the locations location, and the shots. Location, outfit, 
pose, edit, like everything is identical. And yeah. I was just, I, to be honest, I was freaked out. I was like, I was younger and I was just yeah. like, oh, what's like, this is weird. What a weird person. And like freaked out, just blasted online. Didn't know the replication. I did, like, I didn't know that by doing that, what would happen? Yeah. Like that, that I didn't know media would catch on to it. I had never experienced that. So how would I even think that media would catch on to that? Well, yeah. I didn't think they cared about this. I thought they just cared about celebrities. So then um, Business Insider ended up coming back to me and be like, hey, they didn't publish their article yet after me talking to them. We want to talk to the girl. Can you put us in contact with her? And I was like, look, no, she doesn't want anything to do with this. I just want it to end. Like, I'm over it. Let's not, like just leave us alone. I'm not responding to any media. So I started replying to every media just saying, whatever's already out online, you can use, but I'm not giving any further information. I'm not talking. She's not talking. Leave us alone. And then Business Insider made this article saying that it was a hoax and I made it all up. I did it. I planned it. I know oh. the girl. I went around with her and Fuck. did it. And so then this whole like second wave of media came out saying that I planned it all and that I did it for uh, the media. So I was like, oh, my fucking God. So then the media got so nasty that people started hating me. So I started getting all these oh. messages being like, you're a fucking pathetic. You just want a following. Like, you got caught out. Ha, ha, ha. Like, oh. So it turned really nasty. Like I, I was on a job and I was so stressed out. I was in tears. Mind you, at the, at the time, we're, we're growing we're growing hundreds of thousands of followers a day off this. Really? So my boyfriend is like, hell yeah, reaping the benefits. Like who cares? And like now I'd probably laugh at it. But back then I was not laughing. I was like, you think it's so funny. This is about me. I'm the laughing stock. Like all these people think I made it up. Like people are being so mean to me. And I was like sensitive and upset. I was probably 20... Three, twenty-four. Yeah, 23? fuck, like it. That's a lot to deal with at that young age. Yeah, and, man. and especially like even to do with the age, but just first experience. You've never been exposed yeah, to yeah. that, so you don't know what it's like. Yeah. And um, so yeah, he was all excited and loving it, and I was like, oh, it will end. And he was like, I don't want it to end. But yeah, that that blew over. I mean, still to this day, people ask me if I if I planned it, and I'm like. Oh, or really? Did, did I wish I was that smart. Like, no, no. <laughs> I literally say to people, I'm like, I, I wish I was that smart to think up a tactic like yeah. that. But like, well, no, I was too busy creating photos. Like I was, I was doing okay. I didn't need the media storm. And like, who even knew what a media storm was about? I didn't, yeah. I didn't know media cared about influencers or like Instagrammers. So yeah. Yeah. Fuck, that's a hectic little deal they had to go yeah. through there, eh? Yeah. Pretty young too, really. Yeah, like it was It was pretty freaky. Mm. And like a lot of people now still even are like, oh, that's when I first found you. Yeah, I followed you after that copycat thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that old thing still that old on. That old chestnut. <laughs> yeah, that happened. And, and since then, I've never seen or heard of her again. Mm. So her name on Instagram wasn't her real name. I ended up finding out. I thought she was Italian. And I she wish you guys were German friends. Or something. That'd be so funny if you guys were like homies now. Out yeah, of it. Yeah, I know. Well, we end up being like nice to each other. Like yeah. I was like, I'm so, like, she's like, oh, my ex boyfriend. I'm getting laughed at this, that, and like, I felt really bad because I was like, what if like she like doesn't deal yeah. mental health wise? Like, I I just felt like, oh no, like because I didn't expect it. But I was like, oh no, but yeah, I never seen or heard of her again since. So she just disappeared. She didn't make a comeback. <laughs> and like so many people were looking. Wait, 2020. If she's ever going to make if a comeback, this, it's come fucking back. 2020 is the time to get it done. And I, I remember Imagine like, if she built a house next door to you in yeah, Bali. Yeah, she's like, hello, same remember me? House. Like, what? You're back. Uh, but like at the time, so many people were so invested in this. Like, like we're growing hundreds of thousands. So like a lot of people are seeing this. 
And if she'd kept her Instagram, she probably like could have transitioned out of like out of the whole saga and actually probably made a career out of it. Like her pictures weren't like her pictures were good. She wasn't like she looks good. Like she looked amazing in her pictures. Yeah, she's, she, she's pretty fucking hot. Yeah, she like had the she obviously had some money to to do this. Like she could have like really turned it around into a little business venture. Yeah, but she's probably she just, just going, went, fuck this. If this is what wrong. it's about and I got to deal with fucking people carrying on. But yeah, I, I was thinking when you when you said that you put it like on a stories that she was copying, I was like, oh, don't do that. That's bad for her. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But Whereas you, you wouldn't you, know. But like, that was when stories were brand new. Like now I'm like, I know that like putting something on your stories like can be really big damaging. Deal, yeah. Big deal. So like I've had a lot of moments where I've been like, oh, I'd love to share this. Like if like something's happened and like you have to I learn from experience shit. to think about the whole picture. Like, okay, could this get me in trouble? Like mm. is this the right thing to do? Could this person who has done wrong by me, could I end up giving them the attention that they don't deserve as well? Because mm-hmm. that is ultimately good. any publicity is good publicity. So that's kind of something you have to also keep in mind. Mm. Like be careful. Like – what you share and how you react. Sometimes you're in the heat of the moment. You're like, yeah. fuck it. I'm putting on my stories because it's like, it's so easy to do. And like, that, that's why I don't do it. Like I've said some fucking dumb shit, but I say it on the podcast and then it's in the podcast and it's like, good luck, cunt. You got to sit through three hours to fucking get to it. Yeah. Like if you, you know what I mean? To find it, I ain't just in the heat of the moment. Like that, like, yeah. that, especially like when, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter stuff was going on and oh, there was yeah. like a bunch of that shit and I had people being like, why aren't you saying stuff? Because yeah. I lived in America for it was eight years I was there. Yeah. And like I saw so much and I just, I was like, I'm just not fucking doing a 15 second thing. Like I, if I talk about it, it'll be like in my room when I can think about it, when yeah, I've got somebody, I'm having a conversation. like And really process, yeah. not just in the heat of the moment, yeah. share a couple of things. Yeah. Because it's just like... It's been a hard year for that kind of stuff. Now, anytime anything happens, like having a following online, you're immediately... expected expected to to talk about every single so when that was all happening people started sharing about that then i had people be like can you share this about my home or my country or this or this is happening what about here and then i tried to like jump in and share about some other thing then people like oh that's not correct politically like this and i was like oh i just i need to take a step back and and not jump to share things that are happening around the world all the time like yes there's definitely a time and a place where i'm happy to get involved and use my platform to share something but especially when it's things that i don't really know much about Mm. i was like i'd rather just self-grow and instead of like pretending try and influence the world by being a good person yourself yeah and like try and learn and understand it first before I just start blurting out online all about Mm. it. Because if it's something like the whole Black Lives Matter, I didn't really understand it. Like I was like, oh, I I like, because a lot of it was like centered around America. And I was like, I've never lived in America. I'm not from there. But people expected me to be talking about it a lot. And I was like, I definitely am going to focus on educating myself, but I'm not going to get on my story, face talk and and try and say, put a new spin to it. And yeah, everything. like, so I was what like, are I'm, you going to say? I'm like, yeah. I don't even, I'll say the wrong thing. Even yeah. if I try and say the right thing, I'll say the wrong thing somewhere along the line. Like, I know I will. Yeah. So that's where I was like, it's better, like, share a few little things and, like, but more, most importantly, myself do some education. Watch yeah, some, fucking watch some documentaries. Yeah, 100%. Like, the, this year for me has been a, like especially because i'm like i've cut myself off like i said with like the tv and i'm not watching shit i'm yeah. not watching the news i yeah. like i'll ask i actually asked my mum 
like what's going on in the world? I'm like, hey, what should I know about this with the coronavirus stuff? Because I just was like, I'm just gonna fucking be in my house. I'm gonna do my routine that I think makes me better every day. And then I'm going to try and do my job, which is talking to people. I'm going to yep. try and be very positive. I'm going to try not to talk shit on people. Yep. I'm going to try. I'm just going to be a, a good fucking person. good person. Yep. And if that radiates out and helps anybody, cool. If yep. it doesn't, I ain't fucking hurting anybody. Yeah, like no. you know what I mean. Yep. I just wanted to like do my own thing, and I am almost to the point where I'm like against people posting shit these days because, like, how many fucking times in the last month have you heard about the bushfires? None. It was, f- it was the only fucking thing that mattered for February yeah. or January or January whenever it was. was. And it, then it was like, then the same thing happened with the Black Lives Matter thing. Mm-hmm. It was everywhere for a week. Like, we we live in meme culture. Yeah. And for better or worse, Black Lives Matter was a meme. Fucking the bushfires was a meme. In terms, and I don't mean it as a meme, but see, there's like where people can take your shit out of fucking yeah. context. Like, Black Lives Matters is just a meme. It's like a meme in the way that it spreads through culture. Yeah. And it becomes this thing that gets shared and it like has this influence on culture. Then it has a life cycle and then it's gone. And then it's on to the next. Exactly. And like we've seen that with fucking the bushfires at the start of the year. Yep. Coronavirus. Yep. Crazy shit. Like I don't even know if coronavirus would have had the impact that it did without social media. Yeah. Like honestly, like – Fuck, I was around people that were um, just like the the term, like even the term ISO gets coined and it's like ISO life. I, that's That it's shit is a meme. Like yeah. all of it is a meme. It's so a whole new meaning. Like, I, Yeah, it's fuck. And so to live through that and I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to make my own content and that's it. Yeah. I ain't sharing shit. I ain't fucking getting in on any bandwagons. Because I, I, I looked at it like a fucking a diet. Like if you say, bad. yeah, like if you say, if you, cause people go so hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's some people I followed where it was like, their stories are fucking micro dots and yep. it's all Black Lives Matter shit or it's yep. all bushfires or whatever. Yep. And it's like, to me, I'm like, oh, so you've gone vegan for a day, hard out, super hard. You're not eating any meat. And it's like, you've eaten meat your whole life. And then you're also going to cut out sugar and you're going to only drink, uh, pH neutral water, like that's how hard how people hard go alcohol. into what they're doing. What's the odds that that person is going to stick to that diet? Yeah, it's too fucking hard. Yeah. You can't live, you cannot live with like that conviction and the passion in which people attack these social issues these days. And it's yeah. just like, man, have some fucking balance. And like for you to say that I just want to go watch some documentaries and read some books, and it's like. Yep, that's what everyone should do. And I, f- I found around the bushfire thing, one thing that I started noticing is that I was like, that in the back of my mind didn't feel right. I was like, I feel like whenever these things pop up, all these people online are almost trying to make it about themselves. 100%. Like, oh, let's us influencers put, like all band together and put together. Like, And at the end of the day, they're pro- like they're doing good a lot of the time and they are raising money for these these charities and what's going on. But sometimes it kind of feels a bit like they're trying to steal the limelight mm-hmm. and make it a little bit about them and getting credit for it. Like it's like, yeah. oh, look what we did. Like we did this, we did that. Like share us. Everyone share this because we're doing good. And 
as much as like it's it's a hard one to say this because and I did say it on my story when the bushfire thing was happening I was like just like go and donate to the charities like the direct charities put your money there like we don't need to keep making all these brand new GoFundMe yeah. campaigns yeah and all these people behind them are just almost like chasing like the cloud or chasing the yeah. attention That's of exactly like exactly what it is and I, I i was like at the end of the day like yes they're probably doing good for sure and like i support that but i just feared like i just did something didn't sit with me right where i was like yeah all these people are making it about themselves like they're not making it about the thing like they're making their faces the face of it and doing these big talks and like yeah getting super into it and I'm like they probably won't talk about it in a week or so 100%. once they've got what they wanted out of it they've moved on to the next one that they're going to make about themselves yeah so and, that was and it's the same thing with the Black Lives Matter thing is yeah. like everyone's coming out as like not racist it's like yeah I'm not racist everyone that's like their thing or, or they're actively posting to like explain how not racist they are yeah it's like in my eyes I'm like there's not a, a spectrum doesn't exist. Like if you're racist, you're racist. Like yeah. there's no, just because you do X, Y, and Z, like you're not a better version of a non-racist person. If you're not racist, you're not racist. Like yeah. there's no award for being the most non-racist yeah. person. Like it's just a thing you either are or you're not. Mm -hmm. You should not be fucking racist. Like yeah. I don't, I don't need to hear how not racist you are. Just if you're not racist, good enough for me. Yeah. Someone comes to me and is like, hey, man, what do you feel about racism? I'm like, that's fucked up. We should live in a world that doesn't have that. Yeah. It's all it's got to be. Yeah. Quite fucking simple. And then you live your life in that way. Yeah. And if everybody lives their life in that way, guess what? No more fucking racism. Yeah. It's not that hard. Yeah. But yeah, just like, and it, that, that to me was just like, this year has been a big year of like, you know what? I'm fucking not down with that aspect of social media like i'm just not not yeah not gonna get and not like i have a big following to get involved with it but even watching it consuming it reading it, just it felt like what's next is like oh this is the next one that's popping up like yeah this year is that's what it's, I th and i wonder if it's because of covid that everyone's been kind of mm. sat at home and not much going on so when something happens it's amplified because people yeah. are like oh okay like not well, that's much what else I, happening so let's distract ourselves by getting really invested in this like Thing that's happening whatever the issue world. Yeah, yeah whatever it is and, and i think that the black lives matter thing i think for sure had something to do with that because like when i lived in america it was like i lived through trayvon martin which that was like a big one there was like a bunch of bad big, shit over yeah. there where it was like cop killings and it was a lot too and the same you know the fucking the craziest thing in america more crazy than the fucking than the um the like police brutality shit is the Fucking school shootings. Yeah. It is so, so, like... Their gun, the whole gun thing is just wild. Dude, they, they, the school shootings. Yeah. That, I used to say to people when I lived there, I was like, hey, man, this doesn't happen anywhere. No. Else. Anywhere just, else, just here, just here. It's, it's just you. It's not a thing. We don't, we don't, we don't hear of that. Nah. Like in my lifetime, I, I like, I haven't known of like school shootings. Like maybe there's been some in Australia, like very rarely. But like, you, it's not. A, I don't know that there has ever been a school shooting there? in Australia ever. Yeah, like it's just not a thing, is it? Nah, and that's what I used to say. Like, so yeah, you you're right. Like the coronavirus thing has, like, I guess. It amplified that Black Lives Matter situation yeah, like in definitely. such a crazy way. And then people felt, and I mean, and this was like another American thing, like that. So the thing with the, the guns over there, the reason why, and I don't know, I don't know where I stand on this in terms mm. of like 
I don't know if it's right or wrong, but they the argument is by the people that want to keep the guns is that it's like in their rights, like their bill of rights. It's yeah. in their constitution. That it's you written can in, have a gun. Yeah. And it's basically so that if the government decides to get fucking weird, there yeah, is well, an well. armed populace that can essentially fight back against the government. Is that why it's in there? That's the that's the basis, right? Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Kind of. Because I can tell you right now that the fucking F-22s and the F-18s and all of the crazy shit that the military in America has, you can have your fucking guns. It ain't going to work. If the government decides to fuck shit up, They're gonna you're come, getting fucked up. Yeah, like you can't fight back that. Yeah, so it's like that point is a mute point in 2020, mm-hmm. essentially. Whereas in, you know, 17, 1800s, it, it was true because it was yeah. just guns versus guns. Yeah. So... But the bigger issue that they, I guess, um, now kind of wrap into it is just rights. Like if you start to take away, if you take away one right, even if it kind of makes sense, you're yeah. taking away rights. And then what? Then what do you take once you take the guns away? Then what? Then what? So that's then how what? they see it. Like, So oh. that's where the argument comes in. So, so they're like, no, it's our right. It's our right. Exactly. What is, what's next going to be taken? Yeah. So and that's the mentality. They're, they're so like programmed to think that if they don't have one, they're not safe. Like I yeah. need one for my safety. That's why everyone has them because they need it for their safety. But there I'm is like, like living in a in a country like where that's the fucking thing that I used to say to people. I it's like I get it, but you shouldn't want to live in that place. Yeah. Why do you want to live in fear that you need a gun for protection? Like, mm. can't imagine feeling like I need a gun in Australia. Yeah, and to be fair, like. I felt unsafe in like Compton. I felt unsafe in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there were some places where I felt like unsafe. New York. I kind of got held yeah. up in New York one time. Like yeah. not not like held up, but like a guy. I had like a red camera, and I was just like out doing some like street stuff at like three in the it? morning. This Russian dude said that it was his camera, and I'm like. Bruh, no. this ain't your camera, this G. Is like, mine. this is a $50,000 cinema camera. I know why you're saying it's your yeah. camera, but it it's ain't your camera. not working here. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up, like, fucking running, jumping in a cab. But, like, it, overall, America doesn't feel, like, unsafe, you know? Mm. But so that's where that's where that thinking comes from of, like, you can't take my guns. Because essentially it's like you can't take my rights. Can't take my rights. Which I do agree with in like there is a sense in which I, I do agree with that because even you look at sort of some of this coronavirus stuff and you're like, oh, you are taking like, my rights. We really are taking some shit away from people yeah. here. And it's like. That's it, how I felt with the whole hotel thing. Like I was like, I never would have thought that this would be a thing. In like, Australia. In Australia. Yeah. That I could that I could fly in and have all this army and military army forcing me into a room for 14 days. Like as if you're a prisoner. Yeah. And like in the big picture, I get it. But I was like. This, feels weird, but this is weird. Yeah. Like this is like, like no fresh air. Like I was like, that feels like you're taking my rights away. Like mm. I feel like I'm, I am entitled to fresh air. Yeah, to breathe fresh air coming through a window, to walk around outside of a bedroom. Because like even in prison, you're not stuck in a bedroom. Mm-hmm. You're you're walking around. You get fresh air. So I was like, like I understand we're in a pandemic. So, but let's all make some. Yeah, there's, we gotta, no, there's wiggle room. We gotta but. just. Figure this out. It's hard, yeah. but I was also like, "Whoa, I, I I can't believe this is even a thing." Like, and so many people responding that to me. They're like, "How is that like, like fair? How is that right that you don't get fresh air?" They're like, "I feel like that's against human rights." And I was mm. like, "Yeah, I, 
Definitely agree, but what are you going to do? Yeah, it's weird though. Like, you're going to be that weirdo protesting. Well, <laughs> let me out. I'm escaping. <laughs> then you get spread the virus, and everyone in the country hates you anyway. Well, look at what happened to those two chicks. Like, Make I have an example of. I haven't followed that story very well. Like, that's one where my mum just told me yeah, that two I'd chicks come in. in. But um, yeah, like kind of gnarly. And then that that the hasn't the media. Um, like said who they are. Yeah, they said their names and showed their faces. That's I'm sure. fucked up. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. About I wouldn't that. want to leave my house. I'd be like, everyone knows who I am and everyone hates me. Yeah, like I think they're making an example of them so that nobody else does it. Yeah, but like, which I don't think is. Completely I don't know right. that that's fucking. I no, don't know that's the move. I, I like maybe say their first name, but I don't say. I don't think saying their first and last name and showing their face is very fair. I reckon if their name's Lauren, you just say Loza. <laughs> like just, just Australia fire. I, I think after that, I'd be getting a name change. Is this them? Yep. Wow. So, what was the story? Does anyone, do you know like the they actual story? They went down to, I don't have. So, they went I to Mexico. I don't really, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really follow the mainstream media either. Mm. But, um, they, from the basis of I know, they were down in Victoria and at May, is it Mayfield? There's a shopping center down there that apparently has had so many cases come out of. And they were in that shopping center. It's down in Victoria, I believe. Yeah. And then they flew back and said nothing. Like they did, they came back into the state. I don't know how they flew back, whether they went via Sydney so she's, or something. So she's a 22-year-old woman, uh, Tessa Positive. Yeah, uh, they came back through Sydney. Yeah, through Sydney. Yeah, so they like kind of just dodged it up. Yeah, so that and they then could. didn't say that they'd been in Victoria when they came mm. back to Queensland or that they'd been in a hot spot and then they had it and then they were going on about their daily life and seeing people and that's how they've given it to other people because they were off yeah. doing normal things, spread it and that's how they started it. It's kind of fucked up though that like, uh, I don't know, what do you... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's fucked up that they said their names because that's the kind of shit that can just follow you around for just yeah. like so long. And it's I like, would be getting a name change. Yeah, I think something probably. like that. Like, but see, that's it's like, like someone could blame. Like, say some, say an old person in Queensland now dies. Well, so then you could have the family yeah. member bl- going and blaming them, and like, ha- like you don't know who you're dealing with. There could be crazy mm. people out there that will then take vengeance out. Like, I would just. I, I wouldn't be sleeping well at night if I was them, to be honest. And I think that's pretty pretty bad that the yeah. media has put them in the limelight like that. Fuck. But in a, I feel like the reason they've done it is t- so that nobody else dares do the same. It makes sense because, like, yeah, imagine if someone dies. Yeah. Like, we had, we had, like, no cases, right, when they come in. Yeah, so it's like just bring it back in. It's on you. Like, yeah, it's like we had none so here and you like, did it. And now everyone's lives change and they have to all go into lockdown. Can't work, can't do this, can't do that. Business closing down. It, like, yeah. the first wants to bring it back in. So it's going to be yeah, on you. you. Fuck, yeah, you fucked up. But yeah, <laughs> still, I don't up. know whether it's like worth ruining someone's. But then ruining again, someone's you, life. But, but, you but, then can again say, but then they could, they could kill someone, kill people or ruin yeah. people's lives. So Weird it's kind of like a deal. sentence. You're getting, you're getting your sentence for breaking the law and coming back and not disclosing and declaring and spreading it back around. Mm. So, yeah, I see see both sides. It's Uh, hard. It is definitely hard. Yeah, I'd have to, like, really think about that one. Yeah. Because, I mean, you should be punished. Like, we... we, This is, like, another kind of weird thing as well. We're talking about the whole, like, Daily Mail thing and and that world that you kind of live in now, like we all live in. Because... Uh, a comedian, Brian Callen. Have you ever heard of him? No. 
Uh, he's like a big comedian in the US. I've met him. One of the fucking nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I, I met this the first time I met him. Um, I was actually helping them. They've got one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Yep. And I was helping them do some production stuff on it. Dude sat down on the couch. Fucking nicest guy. Like, blew me away with how nice, how nice he was. was. And, uh, and I was prepared for it just to be, like, very quick pro, like, hey, yep, I'm Jace. Nice to meet you. G'day. Blah, 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 blah. Yep, we'll get the show done. And, like, sat down on the couch. Where are you from? I was telling about Cairns and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he just got accused of rape. Oh, really? Yeah, from back in, like, 99. Ooh. And it's like there's no, there's no evidence. There's no, you know what I mean? And now it's just, like, cancelled. You're done. You're Someone done. Acu- Like, anybody could have said that and you're done yeah and the same thing with like crystalia and like we just live in this fucking world now where it's like the media decided that those chicks yeah you know because i'm i'm with you i'm like they do deserve to be punished right like they did the wrong thing but it's like what's the process like should we who decides who decides that who who goes yeah let's let's blow them up online and ruin their lives like exactly who makes that decision i think after my first experience with the media like personally going through something like that where they say something that's not true about you it's made me have this whole like new mindset about mainstream media that half the time when i read something i'm like "Mm, what's Mm. really true yeah like what's the what's the true story is that really true or are they just trying to like yeah. Make a story out of it. fucking clicks, man. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. And like, it's so bad. Some of the things that, like, they will... And once one of them, like, publishes it, they all just copy each other as well. Mm. And then it's a bit of Chinese whispers. They just throw something random in there and throw the whole story out. And people just eat it up. Oh, yeah. And I've... So, I've... Ever since, basically, I've been pretty against mainstream media and pretty, like... Unless I want to use it for my like advantage. Cagey, yeah. Like, there is definitely ways that you can benefit from the mainstream media. But... Like in terms of like big controversial things, I'm like, no, I'm not going to believe yeah, it. Yeah, you even, just can't buy into and it. And even like everything that's going on in the world, half the time I'm like, what's the truth? What really is the truth? Yeah. Because I know how owned they are. Like they're bought out. Like somebody controls them and controls yeah. what is said and what is not said. It's filtered. So You know, you and me both make money on clicks. Yeah. Essentially. That's what it is. Anytime someone clicks into your Instagram profile, anytime anyone clicks on your story and a link, anytime anyone clicks on a product that you've sent, that's how like there's, you make money. There's revenue That's there. how I make money. That's how fucking they, make, they money. make money. So it's like there's money to be made and it's like you want to be the first one with the story and you want the story to be as fucking crazy as possible. Yeah. And then... If you're the next company, for you to get more clicks than that first company... You have to up it. You've got to do a fucking... Oh, there's this other detail. Yeah. Fucking Gypsy Lust actually has three nipples. Yeah. And it's like, you know <laughs> what I mean? So it's just like this fucking constant deal. These Chinese whispers of yeah. getting crazier and crazier to get people reading. And, and for money, because it's mm. business. Yeah, and that's and it why makes it's money. dangerous. Yeah. And so, like, these, these chicks, it's like, I agree that they... They did the wrong thing. Like, hello, that's fairly obvious. But it's like, is it the media's job to then persecute them? Or is it like the court's job? Is it our, like the judicial system that we all believe in? And that's this Brian Callen thing, like, uh, and Chris D'Elia, he's one of the biggest comedians in the world. And he, he started playing, have you heard about this story at all, guy? It's fucking heavy. So he's playing this guy on Netflix and apparently... He's like a comedian, uh, but he's into like pedophile like 
children sort of thing on the show. Yeah, yeah. So, and then a bunch of these chicks have come out and said like, oh, yeah, he is into young girls. I was 16 at one of his shows and I was this. And I was like, fuck. So right as he's playing this Netflix series. Oh, no. And then it's like, and the evidence is screenshots. And it's like. How is that? Like how evidential is that? I was going to say. And so now the media gets the screenshots. They don't get those for free. And then I sit like one of my friends, he has a uh, podcast in the UK and he knows that I, I knew a couple of those guys. And he's like, oh, what was he like when you met him? And I'm like, the guy's a fucking legend, nice. like such a nice guy. But I said, to, said to, he's like, oh, it's fucked up, but what he did. And I was like, wait, man, I'll give you seven minutes from the time we hang up the phone call to fucking make a screenshot of a DM from me to you saying some fucked up shit. Yeah, you can do it. I'll give you seven minutes. You could get it done. Yeah. You know Photoshop enough to get it done. It'd be tutorials on fucking YouTube. Like, yeah. And so now these people, their career's fucking done. Like really? Callan's had to step down from his podcast. I think the Crystalia thing, they like canceled, canceled the show or whatever. Yeah, um, pulls, pulls him from the prank show. Yeah, so it's just like, to me, it's I just don't people think that's can, like safe. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to live in that in that world where, where your life can get ruined over literally nothing, nothing. and fake news. And if he did it, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. And he should get all of the, you know, due process of the legal system the and hopefully goes to jail. That the evidence is something that can be so easily digitally modified that it's who's proving it. Yeah. And then, but then the shitty thing is, is it sexual assault? from men to women is very real. Yeah. And exactly. it is a big issue. So, so that's why you can't like, just you can't just be like, where's your evidence? Because imagine being a victim and hearing that. Yeah. Like that's that's not right. But it, yeah, that's it's a hard one, isn't it? Because you're like, well, if it happened, it's he deserves that. Yeah. But if it didn't happen, he doesn't deserve that either. And it's but shouldn't we find out from like the court when the court goes guilty yeah. yeah like that's like the that's the moment where he yeah that's the moment where he did it yeah but nowadays like that's not it's, the moment no the moment is the minute it hits the mainstream media that's mm. when it's over yeah and that's it's when the decision's been made whether he gets convicted or not like your career's already ruined mm. your life's yeah. pretty much ruined now so yeah it doesn't and it's, even matter really yeah and it's just fucking yeah like you said that you know like the people aren't really looking for like the that. actual truth before yeah. going public yeah yeah it's fucking yeah, it's just a, it's just like a gnarly time, and it's like scary time, and and yeah, to you feel like like I did a podcast with this dude, um, uh, Jules the Jackal, who's like this MMA dude. He went viral because he's like full face tattoos and the whole deal, and then he was like, he's an MMA fighter yeah. first of all, so like he literally gets paid to fight people. Yeah, and then uh, he got in the dude that he was fighting's face at the weigh-ins. And he's like clean cut, Asian dude, zero tattoos. So immediately if you're like media, you're like bully, clean cut, Asian nerd. Yeah. And then Jules like gets in his face at the weigh-ins and he's got the belt and he's all like real aggressive. Anyway, gets to the fight. The other dude knocks him out in like 20 seconds. Whoa. The other dude's like the be- one of the best guys in the world. Yeah. And then the, the tattooed dude is like a massive underdog anyway. So it's not like a surprise this guy gets knocked out. Yeah. But when you cut all that shit together, like the weigh-ins and he's getting in his face and he's a tattooed bully, then he gets knocked out and it went like fucking, you got to try and find like the, oh, Daily Mail, there you go. Fucking straight up. Top one there. Daily Mail, of 
course. Uh, yeah, so then – and then this comes out. So then they said MMA fighter and men only uh, shop owner bashed his fiance, who was also an MMA fighter. And uh, so anyway, I had him on the podcast. The guy that apparently – Yeah, I didn't know about the – I knew about the first thing because yeah. I, I saw it on Facebook. It It has like – Nearly a billion views on oh, Facebook. Whoa. Like it went like fucking Burko. Like that's him there. Yeah. But um. Anyway, he. So then during the podcast, I find out that this, this whole like on. bashing thing. Anyway, was, that, was the bashing thing before or after? After. Yeah. So I wasn't across it. I was living in the states at the time. Yeah. And um, and then, anyway, so we end up going through the story. Like, what they said on the Daily Mail was like. And and there's like pictures like uh, pictures of her whatever. She's literally a fighter. Like she would have <laughs> that's like literally what her face would look like every day from training. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, but yeah. Anyway, like the story, he never got charged. He was allowed to travel. Like all of this shit was um, that like when you kind of listen to the story, you're like, ah, oh, he never said what happened. He never said like, oh, I did hit her or she hit me or whatever. He said they got into a fight. Yeah. But I'm just. I'm sitting here thinking about like the legal side of it. Like you're allowed to travel and then you got like a good behavior. So you didn't actually, you couldn't have done anything because if you did, you would have not been allowed to travel. It would have been like a gnarly conviction. Like there's a kind of a process that yeah. sort of would have followed. But um, but, but legally he might not be able to say oh, he, yeah, he, I don't think he wants to say anything about it yeah. anyway. But um. But yeah, like I had that, I had like a moment after I got out of that where I was like, fuck, does this, because I had him on, does this mean that people are just going to automatically think that I'm like, okay with what he did? And yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it sucks to have to second guess those kind of moments. But cause after it went down in my mind, I was like, you know what? Like it's kind of good in a way for guys to see the result of domestic violence against a woman like yeah. you don't hear the these stories yeah to be, be like yeah it's real and and i don't want to be that guy ever yeah. no you know like i literally sat there i even said i was like i hope i never go through what you did yeah i never want to be that guy and to not be that guy means to not commit that act yeah exactly but i was legitimately i didn't put it out for ages because i was stressed i was like, like oh. i was like i could see like some daily mail shit or whatever coming out about that but then I think the only saving grace in all of it with this whole social media thing is that you could literally get out, which is what Brian Callen, this guy ended up doing. Chris D'Elia, he just, they issued a statement. He just dipped out. No one's kind of seen him since. But Count Brian Callen was just like, I did not do this. Yeah, like standing to yeah. face his fight yeah. and be like, I, this is not true. Yeah. I feel like that's how I would be. Like if something came out that wasn't true, if you go quiet, you kind of look guilty. Mm. If you come out being like, no, like, but I mean, then there's people that are master manipulators, so. This is true. There are fucking psychos in the world. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I thought about that as well. And when I ended up putting it out, I was like, look, at the end of the day, like I've been in situations where it's been like in relationships and just fucking out. Like I've been hit by girls like yeah. out in clubs and shit. And um, I've never once like wanted to get physical with a chick but like i just know how quickly that situation can happen. can happen like two people that really love each other like two people that are or you're hanging out and it's like everything's great and then all of a sudden it just Something. escalates so quickly yeah so for Throw me some alcohol in the mix and drugs alcohol delusional yeah but um but yeah that was 
one of those things where I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it. If it can help a guy think about that situation next time like, shit gets oh, heated and be like, fuck, it's just I not don't worth want, it. No, I don't want to be that person. Mm. But yeah, I just think I, I was like, fuck, I would feel like I'd just have to come out and be like, I know exactly how, like how I view violence against women. Yeah. I don't need anybody to tell me if I said something that sounded weird or was quoted and read different than the context of I said it. Like, I know where I stand. I know, yeah. Yeah. But, like, that's a fucking... That's probably the only saving grace of social media because, like, it can give you that problem, but it could also kind of be the thing to take it out. Because imagine if, like, you couldn't say your piece, if you were innocent, and then you didn't have a platform. You had no platform to to voice it. Mm. Yeah, and you're just suffocated by the media. Yeah, and it would like be scary. It would be a oh, how's um the did you see that uh Donald Trump is banning TikTok? Oh, I seen that up on your screen when yeah. I walked in. Yeah, don't you think the timing of it is interesting with Instagram launching Reels? So nah. Have you seen Reels? Nah. So click back on my. Are page. you being paid by Instagram right now? To no, put, nah. no, no, no. I wish. Um, <laughs> oh, you can't see it here. Uh, Obviously, but see those posts there, the top four. They're just showing you that they're a video, but they're not a video. The top four, yeah, those ones. So play they're, one of them, guy. They're showing them as if they're a, a video post, but that's a reel. So what's a reel? So it's not... Sh- oh, see how at the top how it says Juice World Wishing Well? Yeah. So it's saying who the artist is in the song. Reel is basically Instagram saying, see you later, TikTok. Really? Yeah, it's it's an exact replica of TikTok. No shit. Well, because they did that with Snapchat too. Yeah, they did it to Snapchat. So I made this for TikTok. So right now what I'm posting is some of the videos are made for TikTok. I'm like, oh, I'll post it on Reels. So um, Instagram have come out with this take on TikTok. Just like what they did to Snapchat with stories. And we're like, bye-bye. Yeah. Now they're like, bye, TikTok. And I just think that it's really interesting that this is coming out the same time that there's all this media around Trump banning TikTok, TikTok, yeah. And I was saying it to my friend today. I was like, doesn't it make you wonder? Like, they're saying all this bad stuff about TikTok. Like, they're saying, oh, TikTok's Chinese owned and they're taking your data and scaring people. But I'm like, is that true? Or are they just trying to damage TikTok's reputation because it's not owned by who owns Instagram and who owns a lot of the media in, in yeah, America? Yeah. And they don't want people on TikTok because they're not making money off them. So they'll say what they want to say on the media to get people scared and off TikTok right as Instagram relaunches their reels, which is basically TikTok. Yeah. So then they can steal all those people back again and get people loving Instagram again. Yeah. I just think that, the timing with like Very Trump convenient. banning and this has TikTok's doing this and and then Instagram launches reels. I just think that it's mm. a bit coincidental. Dude, China's just a fucking sketchy place, but yeah. like if it's but so is America. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like no. <laughs> you make a you make a fucking good point. <laughs> they they're both. Yeah, who I mean, who really knows? That's what's crazy. I mean, you were talking about like Pixel and stuff before. It's like when you really understand. The shit that That's these good. companies can do, Behind and the way the that information. <gasps> oh, it's fucking! It's like it's scary the way that that they can do it. Yeah, but it is. It's fucking just crazy to me that like, what what it really says like the TikTok thing, regardless of like who's right or who's yeah, whatever. I don't even know the, what the truth is. The craziest thing is like how influential is it when fucking TikTok 
is like a presidential, like, essentially he's just doing like, uh, what what's the correct terminology for it? Like he calls it, it does a, is that TikTok article still up? What's the, go to that TikTok thing again. It's a, um, oh, executive order. Executive Bro, order. executive orders are for like fucking bombing Syria. And like, it's about TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> like, are you fucking, what, what world are we in right now? Yeah. 20, look at this. Official uh, Office of the Press Secretary for immediate release. Executive order addressing the threat posed by TikTok and taking additional uh, steps to address the national emergency with, with blah, 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 blah. Like, that's as official as it gets. That's like, we are going to bomb Syria type shit. Like, yeah, and it's about TikTok. It's about a fucking app where people dance and fucking yeah. turn lights on and off and change clothes. It's crazy. I don't even I don't even really understand it all. I'm, I'm not really paying too much attention, but I know that some people are freaking out that have a big oh, following on yeah. TikTok because they're like, this is my platform. Yeah. And, like, I make money off this. And if US take it away, like... I'm going to lose so many people. Like, that's my audience. Yeah. That's yeah, and, scary. And, like, look at um, Logan Paul. Yeah. He's Vine. Yeah, that's where he started. Yeah. Because yeah. I and was... And now Vine's gone. Dead, yeah. I was living... I never watched Vine. Yeah, well, I was in America when Vine first so came out. So, it was very, like, relevant. every everywhere. See, I didn't know anyone watching Vine. So, was it, did it never really pick up in Australia? It was massive in America. You're massive like, there, but fucking in, huge. But like, do you know, like, do you know of any Australian viners? Like, I don't. Nah. Because when like I started getting more into social media and stuff and heard about vinyl, like, so I'm like, oh, these people, they were viners, and I was like, what's a viner? And they're like, yeah. oh, they were on the platform Vine, like it kind of died now. And I was like, I've never even heard of Vine. <laughs> Six Australian Vine influencers you should follow. I thought Vine was cool though because wasn't it only like four seconds? I never went on it. Oh, really? <laughs> I think it was only like four seconds or six seconds. and. Uh, but okay, look at their following. Yeah. Whereas you look at the American Viners and they're like millions and millions. Mil- what was their followings like on Vine? Was it millions? Oh, it would have been millions. But like, yeah, Logan Paul, he come up um, he come up through, through Vine and yeah. he's one of the biggest. Social media. Yeah, like he's one of the dudes really, but like gold what, standard, you know. Remember what happened to him? Yeah, the whole suicide yeah. forest thing. He's killing it now, though, with his podcast. Yeah, I feel like he's made a real... I think it turned his life around. Mm. We were out in a club in LA on Halloween, and he was like in the group that we were with, and he just looked so miserable. It was not long after the suicide forest thing. Mm. And I remember, because my partner used to like really like his stuff, like used yeah. to watch all his vlogs, was oh, really into yeah. it, and I was like, oh, you're, like, you're so into it. And it was kind of random because it wasn't really what Jack was about. Yeah. Um, so I knew like a lot about him and then when the whole thing happened, it was like this like, oh. He did oh, like a few oh. weird things. Yeah, there was a few things that were really controversial. And then um, not long after we were out in LA and yeah, he was with our group. And I remember just being like, it, was not, it wasn't long after the suicide thing and he just looked miserable. miserable like yeah. he was like quite like, like felt like he was like in a shell. Like I don't know whether he was like high on something, but he just wasn't very like he wasn't. Yeah. You know, you're used to seeing him in all these videos, being confident in this and that, and he was kind of just like sitting low. And I remember being like, "Oh, is he ever going to come back from mm. this? Like he looks like he's probably struggling." I was thinking he's probably in a shit shit space. Yeah. But I feel like it's turned his life around, and like I don't really follow too closely anymore. But like from the outside of like I still follow him on socials and stuff. I feel like he's changed as a person. Yeah. It's it's grown him as a person. Yeah. And for the better and it's also probably been a good wake up call for a lot of people 
within that circle to all like think twice about what they post. Yeah. And how it can affect them because like that was huge news when that happened. Like he would have been making like I'm not sure the, the money he, he was, was making, at the but it was of oh. his pinnacle of his career disgusting money that can't yeah, really make like it ad sense on youtube would have been skyrocket and then even his merch like oh yeah i i like um i wouldn't listen to google's net worth 40 million he's worth way more what is good does do you have a net worth worth yeah, on google they, yeah they they do but they they say between this and this and it's like a really big can variation. we can we please Google? I think it's like Lauren's net worth. I think it says like five hundred thousand to like ten million or something. Like it's like you know, it's, it's kind of vague. It's just like, bleh. and I'm like, yeah, well, you could say that about like anyone. You could say that about like <laughs> someone that manages a McDonald's. What are you worth? You're worth a million to one. No, estimated in 2019, one to five. One to five? Like I'd one to five. I'd take that. I'd take either. I take anything in that spread would be yeah. fine. Don't don't put me don't put me low. <laughs> Bankrupt. <laughs> don't don't lowball me. Yeah. That's like that. Uh, what's that Drake song? Fifty thousand on my head is disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> like come on, man, fucking put a what? real price on this yeah, shit. Yeah, you're like write into media. Can you um write a write an article about how much money I have? <laughs> yeah, here's my here's my tax return. Um, <laughs> I want people to know the truth. Uh, the Logan thing, like I love his content now. Like I actually look at their. It's more mature. Yeah, I just think like the the thing with doing a podcast and especially like long, like we've been going a couple of hours now, mm. and it's like you're yourself. Like yeah. I know you now from yeah. not I don't know you, but like I've been in a room for two hours. Like you, you see a person, somebody. like what they're about. Like you just after a, I feel like an hour, you could be on point. You could say all the right things. You could be like this perfect presented version of yourself. After like an hour and a half, two hours, and you get into three, like you're you. Yeah. There's yeah, no. You're not, for, you're not holding yourself together for three hours. You can't, like, no. it's fucking exhausting. And you're yeah. going to, if you're a dickhead, you're going to slip up. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> True and, colors will come through. And I'm a fucking dickhead. I always slip up in, in this shit, you know? And I, I just, so I think like what he's chosen to do now, yeah. you have to be yourself. Yeah. And. I like that. Like him. How yeah. He is now. Yeah. Because you can't, you just can't sit here and do like. Can't fake it. Three hours every week, like Whereas multiple the, times a week. The little quick the stints and the vlogs, you could be whoever you wanted to be on those. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's what's super cool about like what he's doing now. Yeah. And I mean, it's still like you, you've been spent a bit of a time in America. Like Americans are just their own fucking thing. Like pretty much do you get the <laughs> vibe? <different. laughs> do you get the vibe in America that like everyone constantly thinks they're on keeping up with the Kardashians or the Hills or yeah, like there's like always like, a fucking huh, film crew huh, around? Yeah. It's it's weird, isn't it? Like there's been some times where I'm like, it's just America. Yeah. <laughs> there's just something different about even like the day to day people. Like it's just a different culture to Australians. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like <laughs> everything's so dramatic and like ah oh, this and ah oh, like even if they're just talking about going down to their coffee shop, they just say it like they're in a TV show, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, and I, I, I was like, some of it I love it though because when I was there, I was like, I feel like I'm in like movies because the first time I went was like before social media, and I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm in a movie. Like the way they all talk, we're talking to each other. I was like, oh, I'm in a TV show. I wonder if like I I wonder if that came. I wonder if it's like chicken or the egg. Yeah. yeah. So like, is that what America was always like? Or, or did, did Hollywood it? sensationalize being an American so much that they literally brainwashed their own culture? I, I think that one. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I think that one. I've been thinking about it recently. Because how could they be that much different to like... To everybody else. To everybody else yeah. in, in that kind of sense, culturally. Mm. When like the people are from like... They're, like, the they're people from, from everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like there's a, a stereotype or like a way that you should live. But yeah, like I... Fuck, like... I had like long-term girlfriends there, like lived there with girlfriends and fucking did the hot, like had the whole experience. Yeah. So and yeah, like, I never lived there. I haven't had the whole experience. Oh, I was just like, there were times where you'd, we'd go to dinner as like couples and you know, you'd do the fucking, you'd do your friend couple dinners and I'd yep. just sit at a table and be like, what the fuck are the cameras guys? <laughs> just relax. There's no cameras. No one's filming. <laughs> Everyone's fucking, everyone chill. Like we don't. Like as if they're on a rea- reality yeah. TV show and trying to make things exciting and dramatic. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly like. I yeah, I feel like in, in some situations I've felt uncomfortable in that sense. Like, mm. am I meant to like put on a bit more charisma and like? Yeah, just jazz it up. <laughs> jazz it up a little bit and lie. <laughs> so I need to be twelve out of ten, me. Yeah, it's like, like it's ten out of ten. Just not relax, relax. We're just getting dinner. We're just catching up. Yeah, and that's what they always would say. Like Aussies are laid back. And I'll be like, fuck, I don't feel that laid back. I just think you guys are out of control. Yeah, it's like they're all trying to like prove, like, it almost feels like they're trying to prove something or like. It's like a performance. Yeah, like really like be boastful and confident mm. and like over the top. I find them a Extra. bit over the top. Yeah. So we've bagged on them. Now what's some of the good things about them? <laughs> <laughs> because you've, I'm sure you've had some fucking dope ass experiences no, there. Some, yeah, and some of my good friends are American. I yeah, same. I fucking... I Definitely. love the place. But I love to give them shit sometimes too for being American. They earned it. <laughs> but they give us shit as well. So True. We, we can take it though and they can take it. Um, but no, I, I generally, I do love America. Like the fir- it was my first trip I did when I was like getting into photos. I went with my best friend when we were, tw- I was 20 and I celebrated my 21st in Las Vegas. It was the yeah. two of us. That's so that sick. was a weird experience because for my first few weeks in America, I went back to being like underage. So I couldn't go out oh. and drink. So my friend was buying, like would go buy us the drinks. I was like, this is so backwards because I've been legally drinking for years. Did you ever get the X on your hand? No. Oh. That? Is that so you can go into clubs? Underage shit, So yeah. I was only there for a couple of weeks. And our, be- our first, like, we had, like, drinks. We went around in a van and stuff, so she'd go buy, like, the drinks. But we didn't actually go out to anywhere until my 21st, which yeah. is in Las Vegas. So. Where'd you go? Oh, I don't even remember. Don't remember. We did, we, so, because it was just the two of us, we did, like, a pub crawl kind of thing. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you pay and then oh. you get, like, a drink at each place yeah, and they yeah, take yeah. you around to all these spots in, like, a group. And I got carried to the bedroom. So, like, I... Got absolutely fucked up. <laughs> the next day, we both were like woke up and were like, "What the fuck happened last night?" And I was, we were so hungover, we didn't leave the bedroom all day. How we, good are the fucking rooms in Vegas, but with blackout room, shades? Yeah, man. we got the room service. We we're both just laying there, like rolled over to eat burgers and fries. And then at one stage, we we're like, "Should we go on an adventure?" So we like crawled down the Should hallway. We, <laughs> we crawled down the hallway, literally crawling to the vending machine to buy like drinks and chips, and then crawled back to the room we're like i'm never partying again oh. <laughs> wrecked us like we got absolutely wasted it was a fun night it was my 20- yeah, that's what i expected i was like i'm going to las vegas on my 21st i just want to get fucked up yeah so it's so easy to do yeah it's the easiest city in the world to get because everyone was just giving out free oh it's your 21st free drink free drink so it was like and the drinks I are spent, fuck all anyway I, yeah 
And I spent I spent literally like nothing. Like we paid out one thing, and I don't think I spent any more money afterwards because everyone was just buying us drinks, or the bar would give you free drinks. My friend was like, "It's her birthday! It's her twenty first! Let's get her fucked up!" And I'm like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they 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 love to drink too. Yeah, like, like they fucking love it. Have you been to Vegas many times since? No, since then I think I've only been back once. And when we went back, we were like, just, we were, we weren't like going to intentionally go there. We started in Utah, with like did New Year's Eve in Utah at my friend's place. He had like a, uh, hired like a big house out there and heaps of people came out. And then we needed to get back to LA before our flight. And we we're like, why don't we just drive and not fly? So there was like four of us, we got a car and we just drove just to do a drive and stop at some places on the way. And then we stopped for a night in Vegas just because we were passing by, but didn't like the boys went and gambled and stuff, but I was like tired and didn't feel up to it so we like well i walked around a bit but i was like oh this is not really my scene or crowd like if you're not in like if you're not there with a group to like party and like enjoy it then it's like it's a bit of a weird place like when i was there like walking around i was like this is kind of a weird place like it's like an adult theme park i was like get me out of here like and especially at that time like we just partied for new year's and i was like i'm not really into partying like we weren't on a party trip so i was like yeah get me out of here let's get to LA <laughs> yeah you kind of like you have to be in the right headspace for it yeah and you got to have rose-colored glasses on too yeah like you need and to just, just be immersed and yeah. involved yeah whereas I was just like whoa it's not designed Vegas is not designed to be seen in like during the day sober. no no like nah, <laughs> you need exactly. to fucking fly the way in. I said it to people I'm like it's like an adult's like theme park mm. and it has like a lot of it has that kind of style too like you know the big drinking cup like quite yeah. cheap and tacky yeah and so if you're not wanting to be cheap and tacky then you're like ew it, it's got a um i spent a lot of time there yeah. when i lived there um we just had like a bit of a deal with one of the like one of the hotels just through like a friend of a friend and then over time um so there's like a bunch of companies that own like multiple hotels so anyway one of them's called dream hotels and then i ended up becoming friends with uh one of the guys that was the owners so we kind of always got like pretty good you had a good time we had like good vegas experiences but like fuck man it's crazy when you see some of the money in that that place fuck fathom yeah like just the apartments and like the money like the money people spend at tables and shit Spend money just to and blow the, it. The hotels fly in rich people. Yeah, just like because they know that first class, pay, give them rooms, give them money to gamble, and then it's just like fucking rolling a, a fucking snowball. There's down a the whole, hill. there's a whole industry there. Oh. In that, and I know nothing about that. But yeah, I had some fucking sick time. Like, so the where we're like into motocross and supercross, like, yeah. and that was my main sort of gig over there. And the finale every year. Ended in Vegas oh. at Sam Boyd Stadium, and like, um, you know, Kerry Hart, like Pink's husband. No, oh, uh, so Pink. Pink, Pink's <laughs> husband, um, he's like right into motocross. He actually like owned a team, and then he owned a ho- uh, a club at Hard Rock Hotel, yep. and like, so yeah, that was just the f- fucking craziest place. Oh yeah, familiar. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, he owned like a club there for a while, and so it was just. Oh, Fucking just seen the weirdest shit go down in Vegas, <laughs> and it was it was one of those places too where like you'd be with these people all year doing like the Supergirl series, and you'd see everyone pretty much, 
you're around. Like, you think you know them, and then it, like, gets to Vegas, and then it's just, like, fucking the gates drop, and everyone's off to the race. Yeah. And you're like, wow, this is, like, okay. really new, bro. This is... Letting their hair down. Yeah. I was just like, holy shit. But, yeah, I, 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 do, in, I do like Vegas, though. I think yeah. it's a... It's a pretty. It's a pretty insane. It's unique place. Yeah. It's like, like what, what could you compare it to? No, nah, there's, there's nothing. nothing like it. It's so gnarly that even like, have you have you ever been to Macau? Uh yeah, once. Yeah, it's like they copied Vegas. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I went there a couple of years ago on a job, and it was pretty like pretty mediocre experience. It was literally just a job. I mean, it was okay, but like the whole like. Clubs like that isn't really mm. my thing. I'm not, I'm, I don't gamble. So. Yeah. And we were there on a job with one of the hotels to – what were we promoting? Like, oh, the only cool thing that we did was we went and seen a show. Like, yeah. I never saw a show in Vegas, never. Yeah, I seen one, <laughs> one of the circle circle displays, and that's what this other one, it was called like the – water show or something anyway oh, in Macau, yeah, it was yeah. one of those kind of things yeah. and it was amazing and like we ate good food and stayed in a nice hotel but it was a job at the end of the day so we were there to like create content and like i remember when we were there we we're like what are we meant to post from here because we were quite particular about what we posted on our feed yeah and all of the photos we took were just like average hotel photos like yeah five-star hotel but like just a five-star hotel like there's nothing like beautiful <laughs> that's pretty gnarly the, and, your and was, level where you're like Come on, I mean, like, I get it's a five-star hotel, but, like, come on, guys, do better. Yeah, like, it was, like, yeah, just a nice hotel, but, like, it's not, like, an in- Instagram photo. Like, there's nothing that was, like, photogenic about yeah. the hotel, and they wanted us to shoot a picture at the hotel. And um, it, it was just after they had one of their – they had, like, a typhoon come through yeah, a couple right. of years ago, and it was just after that. So we, we had, like, planned, like, okay, there's a the, – the, in the spa, there's this spot. That could maybe be a cool photo. It was, like, an indoor pool. And we're, like, oh, the pool area. We get there, they're, like – the pool's closed because of the typhoon. It, like, damaged it. And the spa's closed as well because it got damaged by the typhoon. And we're like, fuck, what are we going to post? So then we ended up spinning it to be like, look, if we post one of these shitties pictures, it's probably more damaging yeah. than it is beneficial for you guys. So how about we just do, like, a story sequence and we post all these stories of, like, our experience, like, showing, like, the hotel, the um, shopping center, the food, the um, – show that we went to and we're like that'll be more beneficial because we're showing it's an like experience. an experience of it yeah. yeah so we sold it to them like that and they were happy with it and we're like thank goodness <laughs> who'd you who'd you go with i can't remember what it was called it was years ago yeah a hotel okay. and it was just you and your partner yeah but they flew us out and like it was like a proper paid job and everything but like sometimes like see jobs like that now i would probably not i wouldn't do it yeah i'd be like i would look at it and be like okay let me look at the hotel where am i going Macau, mm. and then i'd probably assess it and be like no nah, i'm not gonna go yeah I, I don't want to do it. I know it's going to be hard to get a photo. I'm, I'm not going to enjoy it. It's going to just feel like like a job that yeah. I don't want to do and I don't need to do it. Yeah. But back then we would kind of take up anything. We'd be like, yeah, sure, we'll make we, – we can make – like not take up anything but like we would be like, yeah, like it's a good paying job. We, we can we make, can make it work. Yeah, yeah, we can make it work. Whereas now I'd be like, oh, I don't want to make it work. It's Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. So I have been to Macau but that was my experience and it was really quiet because the typhoon had just gone through. So mm. there was not much going on. We were like, why are we here doing this job? But I think that might have been part of why. Why? Because they were trying to get people to go back to Yeah, that. trying to get people to go back there. But I've been to Hong Kong a few times because we've set up there, like business-wise, we're set up there. So yeah, we right. go back there quite a bit. What is that through 
what what do you mean business wise? Well, because we're like working online and working all over the world, we had to find somewhere. Like I'm not a resident of Australia, so we oh. had to find somewhere to set up our companies. Yeah, and Hong right. Kong is a really good place to set up as an online company. Huh. It's a really good place for companies anyway. But if you're someone like us, it's really good. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like huh. I know quite a lot of people that work online and in similar industries to us and they're all set up in Hong Kong. Yeah, okay. Good place to set up a company. Yeah. Because like you hear people doing it in like um, United Arab Emirates. Yeah. But then I've also heard that it can be a bit. Yeah, it probably seems a little bit sketchy. Yeah. Because essentially it's a fucking mafia really. Yeah, they're like, like shakes you can shit. come in one time, you're coming in the airport and they're like, you want to keep your thing, like you need to pay five grand, otherwise we're not letting you in or we're not yeah. letting you out kind of thing. Like like I've heard of sketchy shit like that and I was like, ooh, don't want to deal with that. My first girlfriend that I dated in America, she ended up living in Dubai for fucking years. Really? And then- Doing what? Just getting paid to like fucking hang out. Like it was, it was cool a, girl. Yeah, insane. <laughs> I was just like, but she was making so much money. There's so much money there. Like fucking crazy money. And I'm like, I get, like, I, I guess. guess. Like that's more money than I've ever made. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I work my fucking ass off. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, she just said it was like a fucking heavy experience with like just the corruption and like how women are treated there. Yeah, see, that's like, what I couldn't. I couldn't handle. Nah. Have you ever done any stuff over over there? or? Yeah, I've worked with a couple of tourism boards. Like I've worked with Visit Dubai, Visit Abu Dhabi, and that might be it for that area. Yeah. But like they're the same country. Did that have that kind of feeling? Um, No, I mean, I've had pretty good experiences with working there. And like I, I do enjoy visiting. Like I've equally enjoyed both destinations. They're both really cool. And like I've met... The, my most recent one was like a year ago. I went to Abu Dhabi and we had a partnership with the tourism there. And they did this one thing where they sent us out um, like going into the dunes with these local. Yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of like getting to know some local people. It wasn't just like a tour operator. Yeah. And he was like a little local photographer. And yeah, he brought along like his cousin and his friend. And for me, it was a really, really memorable experience because we sat down like after we went like dunning and stuff, they took us out to some spots and they, we drove in between these dunes and like set up a little fire and they made us tea and they were like, ask us anything, like no judgment. You can ask us any questions, like get to know us kind of thing. And so I got to ask them a lot about like their religion. I was like, okay, like, can you talk to me more about like Muslim and like talk to me about the whole women thing and why they wear it. Yeah. And they kind of explained a lot about it and it just kind of gave me a different perspective. Like I was mm. like, What oh, was okay, their perspective like, on it? So with like, like when I said like things about like, okay, about your religion being really controlling and stuff and like explaining it to me, can't even really, like I can't really remember how he explained it to me, but it was like just like, it, about it making them a better person because it gives them purpose. They're like they're like mm. we have this like obligation, so it like makes us think about our actions. It makes us all better people um, because we believe in this. And then he just, I guess, he explained some of the reasons, like with the dressing. Like he was like, "Oh, it's not like, oh, my husband doesn't want me to be seen." He's like, "It's actually a family thing." So like the daughter will dress a certain way depending on how conservative her family are. Mm. It's not about the husband making her cover her face. It's to do with her family usually, or if she marries into a more conservative family, mm. and it's meant to be something to like make it more of like a. I can't remember how they really explained it with. So that was the first Abu Dhabi trip, not, but not the recent I guess one. The that was years ago. 
the but, your point being is that it's not like they're not just trying to be cunts. Essentially, yeah, like he he was really open about it, and like oh, a lot of the things he said about the religion was a lot of it. He's like a lot of religions are very similar. He's like they're just kind of spin offs of each other, and he's mm. like with this ours kind of aligns a lot with like astronomy like he was like a lot of it refers back to like planets and stars mm. and a lot of it made sense when he said that i was like oh and like i, I just it, it was the first time i could felt like i could openly talk to somebody about it well that's just and, cool in itself and, yeah right? and i just was like oh like i feel more respect or more like yeah. awareness to the religion and to the people like i was like oh, okay like that makes sense like i get it Mm. Whereas before you just like you just uneducated. Yeah, you got no. You, you just don't really know. Yeah. You're like, why are they wearing that? Like, is your husband just like crazy protective and doesn't want any other man looking at her? And then like you realize that like there's actually more to it. Like he's like, oh, when they're at home, they're not wearing any of that, and it's like they're happy to be dressed like that. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, yeah, just the way he kind of explained it to me with like conservative families, and I was like, it's the same here, like at a different level. But like if you come from a conservative. Christian Catholic family. Yeah, there's yeah, definitely gonna, mums gonna, that aren't going to be stoked on what Tammy Hembrow posts. Yeah, like <laughs> like you would dress a certain yeah, way. Yeah. So that's just how conservative you are, how conservative your family is, and it's respect to your family if you follow yeah. the tradition. And, and that's the beauty of traveling the way that you've traveled is that you do get to encounter people that don't believe in the same things that you do and yeah. don't live the same way that you do or that I do. But you can see that person face to face and you can have that interaction as like, oh, yeah, you have a wife that dresses a different way. You believe in a different religion. But we can sit in sand dunes and like have a really nice conversation. Yeah, and I still think, humans at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was a pretty memorable experience. I remember after we were all just like, damn, that was cool. Like it, was, mm. it was just nice to... I guess I hadn't ever really been in too many situations where I felt comfortable to openly talk about it. Because mm. sometimes I felt like if I asked a question, it might... Might look disrespectful. Yeah, it might seem disrespectful or, or like I'm being nosy or like being judgmental. Whereas it was like it, I was put into a position to be like, feel comfortable, it's fine, you can ask us stuff. Mm. And even like, I can't remember like all the details now, but like even just like questions about like their culture and like... like um, I think he told me some of the like misconceptions and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like it's cool to hear it from a local person. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose um, I think the same sort of thing happens even with like uh, when you go to countries like Vietnam or Bali, one that's it's the third world country and you just see the ways that people uh, are living or the things that they're eating and mm -hmm. it just gives you just a different perspective and appreciation that normal is such a relative term to the individual and exactly yeah and it's like you, you really can't judge the way anyone lives or eats or sleeps or any of the kind of things that go on because like yeah normal is just super 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 subjective yeah totally agree and, you know, a lot of people get culture shocks when they travel to places for the first time to, like, you know, see third world countries. Like Vietnam this year, I'm pretty good. Like, I've been to a fair few places now mm -hmm. and I've seen a fair fair few fucking weird things. Mm -hmm. Went to Vietnam this year and this fucking kid, he would have been, like, eight, nine years old, had, like, his box of Kero, he had his lighters and he was doing, like, a fucking fire-breathing show. And he was, <laughs> like, eight, eight years old. 
And then like the his um his lighter ran out. Like he couldn't he we were like, Yeah man, come over, you know. And um so anyway, I ended up running to a seven eleven. I bought Getting him like a, a whole thing of no, I bought him like the whole a thing. Tray of them. Yeah, you know, they come in the trays. I was like, Give me you're the gonna, tray. You're gonna be fire breathing for years with this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I got you, bro. Corporate sponsorship. Um but you know, like it fucking that one, for whatever reason, like it just really hit me, eh? Like, and I think about that kid a lot, even just in yeah. normal life, because, fuck, man, I didn't have that. I had my dad bought me fucking shoes and motorbikes, and you know, like I had clothes, and I went to school, and I always had food. And when I got a job, I got to spend the money on what I wanted to buy, mm-hmm. and it like that kid was probably going home to fuck knows what, you know, fuck knows what that kid was having to help put that money towards yeah and you know it's confronting when you when you see, see shit like time. that well that was last year yeah after i've already been literally all that was the world. one that like sh- like made yeah wall yeah because you know uh, maybe it's even because the age we're like i want to have kids at some point you know yeah. and you sort of think about a kid like you feel a bit more you're like fuck imagine if my like, kid had to do that yeah but yeah th- that's i think especially when you come from like such a blessed place like australia to, you don't see that Nah, nah. It's just not, it doesn't exist. Like if some kid, if I walked down to James Street and got my morning coffee and I saw a kid fucking fire breathing, I'd be like, bruh, you're coming to my house. I'm going to give you a shower. I'm going to call. Get some food and I'm calling child services. Yeah, and I'm (laughs) calling someone and we're getting this shit figured out. You'll be in school and you're going to be all right. Yeah. But like, yeah, a kid like that, you're just like, fuck, man. Like, what are you sort of going back to? Yeah. It's just a different different world mm. like there is definitely different levels of normal yeah what's it what's the experience of living in bali been like because i do you live in you live in changu right mm-hmm. i so yeah first time i went there was february and i fucking loved it like oh, i was such your first a, time yeah to first time bali or changu no first time to bali oh wow well because i moved to america when i was like 21 yeah so you spent most of your years there that yeah. side of the world yeah so I did all Europe, Alaska, like fucking yeah. all everywhere but Asia essentially. Yeah, right. I actually find that a little bit common sometimes that Australians, we want to, like if we're going to go somewhere, we want to get like as far away yeah. as possible. So it's like if you get the opportunity to travel, you're like, I'm going to Europe, I'm going to America, like you go far. Unless you're just doing like a little two-week holiday, you'll go to Asia. Yeah. But in terms of actually like backpacking through Asia, I feel like it's more common that Australians want to like – in my circle mm. of people I know, we want to go further. We're like, yeah. get me across the other side of the world. Asia is just for my like one week, two week holidays. Yeah. If I'm going to backpack or like do a serious trip, I'm going across the world. Yeah. Um, okay, but living in Bali, I love it. Yeah. We've lived there for like three, four years and it was never like a big plan. We're going to go live in Bali. So when I met Jack in Fiji, then he was like, come – I'm going to Bali next, come out there and meet me. So I came to Bali and we spent like 10 days together in Bali and Lombok. And then um, we started planning our future. Like, oh, let's go to Maldives next. Let's go to Europe. So straight away you guys were like, we should do, meet up more and like yeah, do this. Yeah, so we, did, we were cool. on Fiji as like a job with the tourism. And that's when we first met. And yeah. we were taking each other's pictures and just had so much in common and just – from the day one, just, like, really got along. That's awesome. And then when we were in Fiji, he was like, come out to Bali. Like, come hang again. Like, what are you doing this summer? And I was like, oh, I'm going to Europe. He's like, oh, maybe I'll come with. Like, I have this hotel in Maldives that wants me to come stay. And I was like, oh, same. So then we're like, oh, like, why don't we do it together? Because I was like, oh, who are you going with? He's like, oh, I don't know. And then he was just solo traveling. Like, obviously, we'd meet up with friends, but he'd been doing the whole backpacking Asia thing for years. That was his, like, 
his thing was traveling Asia. Yeah. And, um, yeah, when we were in Bali, we started making plans for the future. So then I went back to Australia and had another job with Queensland Tourism. And then as soon as that job finished, I and I'd packed up all my stuff, I went and met him in Thailand for one night. And then we went straight to the Maldives. And then from there, we flew out to Europe. And that's where we started our, like, summer in Europe. And around this time – oh, we did Sri Lanka before Maldives. And around this time is when our content started, like, getting a lot of, like, yeah. who is this couple? And – um. Yeah, and then when we were in Europe for those few months, we started like we had so many brands starting to approach us. I was getting a lot of fashion jobs, and they would want to send me clothing. So it'd always be this like, oh, where can I get clothing sent to? Like, okay, they'll send it to this place that we're going to be in a week. Yeah. And then I end up having so much baggage, and like we're walking through the streets of Morocco, and Jack's having to carry this box of mine with his backpack and his camera bag, and he's like, "This is fucked." Like, I don't want to be carrying your shit through the streets. <laughs> what a G. <laughs> and, and then. Um, and then we also were having clients be like, oh, we want to book you to come out to like Hawaii for this job. Where can we, it's going to be in two weeks time. Where can we book your flights from? And we'd be like, oh, we don't know. Like, can you just hold off a bit? We don't know where we're going to be just then. So it was getting to that kind of stage in our where career. Where you needed a base. Where we were like, we need a base. And we were like, where should we? Be? And it wasn't like a big decision. We just kind of like literally just said it like, Jack's like, what about Bali? Like heaps of people based out of there. Like we could mm. get a real, like pretty sick villa for absolutely nothing. And it could just be like our storage. Like we just pop in and out. People would book our flights then that way we can like pack and repack for our different trips for like different you're already in asia which is fairly central We're like asia's pretty central because like obviously australia is not we didn't even consider australia and um and it's expensive as fuck yeah and so and we were like we knew that we'd be traveling a lot so we're like we don't really want to be spending a shitload of money on rent when we feel like we're hardly going to be there Mm. so we like a, a month or so later i can't remember how long later we flew out to bali and literally started looking online like a week before seeing one. We're like, that one looks good. Like, let's just get that. And it was 14000 Australian for the year. So you paid up front. Wow. And it was a two-bedroom villa with a like kitchen lounge area and a pool. And it was in Chengdu, but like similar to where we live now. So I feel like um, – oh, fuck. I was going to just try and explain. I feel like I kind of – is there a bunch of houses being built around where you are? Yeah, like right like, now, like where where we are, we're like a strip, and it's all getting developed. So when we yeah. we bought it as like it's like a little community. So there's eight yeah. of us, and we all like one was built, and then we all had like built in. So one of our good friends, she's building next door to us. We're gonna have one of our uh, friends gonna be our neighbor, which will be fun. Yeah, that's sick. So we had a New Year's Eve party in our house this year. Well, end of last year, and we had like the fancy nice party at our house from like six p.m. onwards till midnight, and then after midnight we went next, next door. Next door to the fucking and it was a building site. Plot. Yeah, it was a building sick. site, and then we had like a rave. So we're like, let's have the after rave so we can get messy and get yeah. get dirty and be wild and not break anything in our house. So like the nice, pretty, fancy party at ours next door to our neighbor's building site. And it was so much fun. But back to Bali. So then, yeah, we seen the villa. We're like, yep, let's do it. And rented it out for the year. And then my sister months later came out and was like, I'm going to leave here too. So her and her oh, partner, wow. she finished studying um, at university and was like, let's go like live and travel for this year with her partner. And then like, she's now married and um, yeah, they came and lived with us. And then after a few months, we're like, Oh fuck this place. Let's get something bigger and better. And um, rented like a really nice villa, like closer to the beach in Brower. And um, yeah, the four of us were living in that villa and, Still traveling a lot. And then we just started making Bali kind of like a home. Yeah. And then me and Jack had the idea. We're like, should we like build a, like, should we buy a place? Like, think about how much money we're spending on rent a year. I think at the time 
our rent was 60 or maybe 70,000 US for the year. So we went from 14,000 Aussie to 70,000 US. To rent for a year. What the fuck did you rent? So it was 35,000 each couple. What? But it included electricity staff. So we had a full team of staff coming in every day, pool cleaner, gardener, um, gated complex with security. So everything was like included. Yeah. And um, the villa. So then we're like, wow, we're spending this much money on rent a year. Maybe we should like buy something because if we calculate over like this many years, we're basically paid off what, a sick place. what we would buy. Yeah. So we looked at some other villas in our same complex and like they're like a couple of years old and we're like, oh, I don't like this, don't like that. And then the security, like the head of security guy, he was the one showing us around them. He's like, well, I. I know that the guys who built this, they're actually building a brand new complex um, like just up North Chengu. Do you want to go check it out? That way then you could kind of do what you want and it'll be a little bit cheaper. And we're like, okay, like we'll go check it out. So we went and checked it out and went to the first villa that was completed and had a look around and then he like told us like land, like there's all these pieces of land no, no, no one else had bought yet. We were the second person to buy. And he's like, mm. they're all available. You can pick one and it's this and this, house and land. And you own the land for 31 years and then it's a contract to renegotiate the oh, land. Oh, yeah. And it's all in contracts that we have the right to rebuy the land for more years at market value. Yeah. And um, Is that so it's scary, all legal. a scary thought? Not really. Like it's, it's a little bit like... Uh, 30 but years is 30 years. 30. I haven't even existed that long. So like I'm yeah, not... Yeah, you're not even 30 yet. Like yeah. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not concerned about that. I don't think I'm going to be owning it in 30 years. Like yeah, true. the idea of it is to be an investment and we think that we will make our money back. Yeah, because I was watching time. in one of your vlogs, you're saying you're going to like Airbnb it and shit. Yeah, we think we will Airbnb And we know that the... Like when There'll tourism, be a crazy market for that. When place tourism too. picks up again, like, yeah, we know that... Like we know that we have the power to advertise and yeah. sell and book it out. Yeah. Like, you got you Seven got emails. We, you fine. got a pixel. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we were like, okay, well, why don't we build? And then we just one thing led to the other, and we got excited with the build, and so we basically rechanged the whole so plan. We're like, sick. we want open ceilings, we want sunken this, we want this, we want that, we want bigger that. So it ended up costing like the same, if not more, than the villas we were looking at near closer to the beach. But we got a bigger, better, brand new, customized build that was to our taste yeah so and like man for what you guys do like filming content and we i mean need, we need a good background we need oh, a backdrop. For, sure, for sure like it looks so good the way that you guys did it yeah it's been like it yeah really really happy with it so i love that living area too how you sunk yeah. it in like it just looks so good yeah it's, and it's like it's a great investment so like once bali's back popping again you can rent villas like that out for like anywhere between 500 and a thousand a night yeah. So if you calculate and if you know that you can like book it out, you know that you're going to make your money back really quick, way quicker than you'll ever make your money back here. And you need to live somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like, we're paying rent anyway. Rent yeah. is essentially just money down the drain. So let's invest it into something. So. Are you thinking you're going to go back in September when they open it? That's the plan. September 21, right? Oh, the 11th or 13th oh, okay. or something? Fuck. I'm like, why open on September 11th? September 11th. It is that it, date. Yeah, it is. It I is, remember is. that now. As soon as I said, I'm like, yeah, it's that date that everyone's why? like, why that date? Why the fuck would you do it? Just leave it alone. It's <laughs> oh, like it's like 23. No go, one wear 23. It's Jordan. Leave it alone. Just We're go, fucking not doing it. Go the next day. Um, that's the plan is to go back. We're actually planning to, in the next couple of years, relocate to Australia. Yeah. Because my sister's had a baby, like we, I want to, I, I do want to. There is things that I feel I can't progress living in Indonesia. Like I what love would that the place. Be? It's just, 
it's still a third world country. So there's still things that feel a little bit backwards or behind. And like, there's just some sort of things of living in Australia that I love. Like I love just going to the supermarket here, the choice of stuff we have, mm. driving a car, like some of the some of the just like everyday first world things. Like Bali is in for like cause Indonesia is a third world country, but yep. Bali is very well progressed in comparison to a lot of other parts of Indonesia. But it's still a holiday island, so yeah. you don't have as much choice as you do in like places like here like this is something this is still home to me yeah like i was born and raised here part of me still wants to be back in like back here around close to family and friends yeah obviously would still love to be in bali a lot but the whole idea is that like especially having oreo now it just makes it so much more complicated having a dog is that we want him where we're going to be based yeah and i feel like the best life he's going to have is here in Australia, like I feel more comfortable that if I'm away, him being here is a better situation than yeah. being there. But I mean, either way, he's happy. But yeah, that's just kind of like our our plan for the near future. And we just we we always knew that when we built our villa that we were going to rent it out. We were like mm. we want to live in it for a few years, get the good years out of it, and then like get a, a reputation online, and then we can rent it out and know yeah. we'll do well with it. Oh, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm actually looking at. Spending October, November, December on Changu. Yeah, yeah. Gonna come do a few. Yeah, well, yeah. So, um, yeah, go out there. Just the the plan for now. Hang for a few months, um, and then I. When will Australia let Australians leave? I think that like you can leave. I feel like I, from what I've heard, you can't. You have to have exemption. You have to have a reason. You have to apply to leave the country. Really? Because there's a travel ban for all Australians to leave. Oh. So I'm even wondering how exactly i'm gonna get out yeah like how right. they're gonna let me leave so i feel like i thought you could leave you just can't come back without doing the quarantine but i haven't looked into it so don't take my word i think for you it. have to have exemptions so like if you work overseas you yeah. can be like i need to go work yeah so they'll be like okay but when you come back you got to pay for the quarantine quarantine and shit yeah so i'm hoping that by showing like that i live over there and i have my house and my yeah, family and everything fine, yeah. it should be fine to yeah. get there but i just my i think the biggest hurdle is basically going to be waiting for indonesia to open because like they're saying the 11th of september but if nothing's confirmed nothing's yeah. confirmed you just really don't know and i'm i'm hoping that it does open around them because jack turns 30 on the 10th of october yeah so i i want to be with him for his 30th yeah so. it'll be kind of must yeah must i mean we plan to have deal. like a big party for his birthday yeah and now we're like well might just be us too yeah <laughs> and whoever's true. in bali at the time like and bali's a cool place to live because the thing that's cool about it is most people living there that your friends is like other expats they're all kind yeah. of doing their own thing in a way like they might own a business or working online working in finance like whatever they're kind of doing it's, it's a lot they're of like, like doing the whole digital nomad digital thing, nomad yeah. thing so you have a lot in common and nobody's too much Monday to Friday. It's like, yeah. what are you doing tonight? Let's go have drinks. And it's not, it doesn't have ah, this kind of like, yeah. yeah, like saving everything for the weekend. It's never, never land. Yeah. And <laughs> like, Peter Pan life. Yeah. Like yeah. people are kind of all just like transient and it's like, oh, what are you doing this afternoon? Should we go to the beach and get a coconut, watch sunset? Like it just has this more relaxed, but like on the flip side of that, I find it hard to get much work done and progress mm. professionally. So I feel Especially like. Especially now you would have seen that after going through COVID here. Yeah. Right? And like, I even feel like. Being here in Australia, I'm I can progress more. Like I feel like I get more things organized. I have a better system, mm. and even like 
business opportunities. I feel like there's way more for me here. If I was to be here, based here, work on some connections, you know, even just doing things like this, like jumping on a podcast or going oh, to an Oh, this could event. blow you up, eh? <laughs> 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 and like like honestly like i would normally have knocked back most podcasts i was like oh nah, like yeah no nah, wouldn't, wouldn't bother doing it but being here i've been like okay look any opportunity like just start start doing all these opportunities and just like grow grow your business yeah instead of just sitting back on holiday mode <laughs> yeah because it is hard there not to be relaxed because it's quite yeah. relaxed it's yeah, and that's, life, and that's you know? the good thing of it yeah but yeah, it's it'll be good to have a bit of both. Uh, I'm thinking I might try if it if it comes off, um, I might try and bank like a bunch of podcasts here, mm-hmm. and then go over there and release like some Aussie ones that really stay like on brand with what people would expect from yeah. me, uh, and then try it like you know fucking get Jack on, get yeah. you know. There's so many cool people over there. Like I do jujitsu, Bali MMA is quite a famous. Um, uh, MMA like jiu-jitsu gym there yeah, so there's one. like and then there's like Bali motorcycle tours that they do a bunch of cool shit so I just feel like it could it'd be like something a, a bit different yeah just like kind of cool to um just get to know live, some people there yeah. and live, live the nomad life and I mean there. it's not like I fuck, it's not like I haven't done it like I did it on Hawaii for a few months like I've sort of done it in a bunch of places over yeah. the world like I've lived in I, I used to do it a lot like I'd just literally leave somewhere for like three months and I'd just go and live there and hang. Like yeah. I might have met one person or two people and be like, cool, what? Which I guess the name fucking Gypsy comes from that sort of, <laughs> that sort of shit. Um, but yeah, that's like kind of one of my goals because I feel like it's going to so be accessible. What, Indonesia were on the first to travel ban China. Mm-hmm. When everything started, the first thing was like no Chinese can come come in. Mm. And then all the Chinese, and because it happened so suddenly, a lot of Chinese got stuck in Bali. Mm. And there was like a month period where they were stuck. They couldn't leave because there's no flights going in or out. So they got stuck there. So they got exemption visas to be able to stay until yeah. it was fine to yeah. leave. And so some of them are probably still there. I know probably, some of them are still there. Probably out of choice. They're probably like, mm, I'm yeah. stuck here. Like a lot yeah. of people did. Yeah. Um, like there's no visa. Like we're free to stay here until it all ends. Um, but yeah, they were one of the first people to get to cancel yeah it was like um when i left was the like 26th of feb yeah all right so uh, that would have been you would have been leaving as i was coming back you were getting in back to i came bali. back to bali end of february yeah right and as it happened it was around that day i i came back and as i came back jack went to india for like a week or 10 days and as he was in india everything started happening like yeah, he's like yeah. he went to go out in um not delhi the other one mumbai yeah and he's like all the clubs are like getting real weird like they're starting to like temperature check it's like getting really lame like nobody's really going out and partying or doing anything and, like the whole and and then like there was, the like, vibe like it's every, now, yeah, yeah everyone was starting to panic and he i was like well like maybe you should come back and that's when like italy was starting to kick off yeah and i'm like maybe you should just like come back and I, like one of the guys we know that he had been over in italy and he had to quickly get back to bali because he's like i don't want to get stuck here in italy i need to get back to bali and so he had to get through somehow to be like oh i haven't been in the hot spots of italy yeah and then when i seen him he was like tell jack to get home get him home now because it's it's happening and I yeah was like, and that was it was such a like what's happening though like what's happening what's gonna happen yeah and i had to i had to go do a quick like visa run because i'd come in on like a tourist visa 
because I was like, oh, I know I'm going away in a couple of weeks. So just coming on the 30-day visa, I know I'm going away in like two weeks. Yeah. That's how we've like always kind of gone because we were always- Always in and out. Always in and out. It was never a problem. I never was like, oh, I need to be here for a month or two. It wasn't a problem. I would always be going somewhere. And then Jack came back in and this is when everything, he's like, oh, yeah, I should come home. So they came home early. And then I was like, what's like, oh, I, I'm on a 30-day visa. I've only got like two weeks left. Like I, I should probably go do a visa run. So then there was this like, whole surge of everyone panicking mm. and everyone from Bali like he, I went with like a few of us we all quickly flew to KL because Singapore started shutting down so we went to KL because we couldn't go to Singapore anymore and then went to KL did my visa run came back into Bali got my like visa on arrival so then I could extend it and have 60 days so I was like then I'm good for six days because I'm thinking it was going to be over by then yeah I was like oh in like 30 60 days will be fine but I won't be fine for those two weeks and that's when they hadn't declared like exemption visas yeah so then I came back with that doing my visa run and literally as we were in the airport leaving Bali, KL made their announcement that they're closing. They're closing their airport. So they're like, it's happening in 24 hours. So we literally were in the last window of being able to do that. And then as soon as we basically got back, Indonesia's like, exemption for everyone that's here, you can all stay until the pandemic's over. And I was like, well, that was a waste of time doing that visa run. <laughs> well, so, um, so her friends, they're engaged mm-hmm. and they live in... Changu, yep. and they do, you know, they're kind of like what what you and Jack do, and uh, and then anyway, so she had to go back to Russia for like something, yep. and then he stayed because of work, and that was like pretty much the same time that I was leaving Bali, yeah, and they haven't seen each other. Oh, she's they can't, stu- yeah, she's she stuck can't in go Russia. there. Like, oh. so she's in Russia, he's stuck in Bali, and. Yeah, that's Neither it. Neither of them can move. No. Nah. But yeah, so she lives in China. And uh, so while we've just been friends for like ages, so I was seeing the whole corona thing go down in China through her just with like, you know, FaceTime calls or, you know, yeah. like stories and shit like that. I mean, like, fuck, it's like gnarly, man. Like people, um, like dudes in full bio suits, yeah, but, like spraying down the, the um, subways and like every... The crazy thing that pe- I don't think people really got about China and like I wouldn't have known unless I like was talking You're to somebody there. daily there is like the racist shit that went down of they were calling it like the foreign virus and like she wasn't allowed in any of the normal restaurants. Oh, really? Yeah, like they no were, foreigners. They were targeting the foreigners. Yeah, they called it the foreign virus. Like we'd, we'd Whereas like, on the flip side, we were calling it the China virus. Yeah, yeah. So like on the subway... So she'd be on the subway going to training, fucking a circle around her. Like, so no one want to go near you. Yeah, we're like on FaceTime. She's like, look, and there's just fucking no one there. And they're like packed. Like, you know how packed China is. And everyone's like packed away. Away from her. Oh, that would be so bad. Yeah, crap. And like, like, come on. It is just a fucking crazy time. Like, it is such a bizarre. And you don't, you take for granted, again, like your freedoms. Like, I'm so used to just flying everywhere whenever I want. I just constantly travel. I just. Living as an expat right now, it's so, it's such a weird weird and annoying time. Like, normally I would have just come back for the birth, stayed around for like a couple of weeks. Had a holiday. Gone, yeah, gone, gone to Europe for summer, gone back to like being in Bali, (laughs) done this, done that. Like, (laughs) That, that would be Same like for you, eh, Streeter? <laughs> <laughs> he just had another fucking kid. <laughs> Things fucking screaming. Uh. But I, I'm like, I planned, like, I was like, oh, like this year I'll come back and forth from Australia a lot to see my nephew. And like, that was like the plan. Now I'm like, 
oh, I've, I've got a bit, that's why I'm here for so many months because I'm like, well, I can't even go anywhere. And then it's like, okay, so when I finally do leave, when can I come back again? And then like, mm. like people say like, what are you doing for Christmas? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do. You're here. Yeah. Well, I'm but, here. I'm not going anywhere. But like, but so I mean, I could be. I could be stuck in my apartment tomorrow. And like Queensland could just. Yeah. True. Like that's what I mean. Like you don't really know what's going to go on. Like we're trying to plan this trip to go up to Noosa in a couple of weeks, and we're like, will we be able to go that far away? Like, or is yeah. it, like, what's going to happen to the state? Like you don't know. Yeah, it's true. So, are you trying to now like do content from home, and are you really having to like? figure out like how you I'd, can make I'd already, content i'd already like transitioned before corona like in the last year i'd transitioned my content to be more lifestyle so like a little bit of travel but a bit more like fashion like some lifestyle beauty like a, a bit of everything like i just got into film photography and like just kind of transitioned to not be solely travel but i yeah. did this before corona and then it was like a natural sort of yeah, where more, you wanted to go. Anyway. It was just where I, my direction for like my life. Like I was like, well, I'm kind of transitioning to not be traveling all the time. And I want to be able to have the freedom to, you know, post everyday stuff and not have yeah. this obligation to only post a certain niche and it to be a yeah. certain way. And so, um, yeah, I'd already done, done a bit of a transition. So when COVID happened, it wasn't like too big yeah. of a deal. I was like, oh, I'll just like post, like I can post pictures in my villa and it's fine. That's like, that's in line with my content. And then, um, but like, yeah, definitely transitioned it to be more relaxed. Yeah. And then now over the last few months, even more so because you can't really travel, but I'm trying while I'm here to try and see a bit more. Like my goal was, I was like, I want to see some of Australia and maybe New Zealand will open up and I can go to New Zealand and now all those hopes and dreams are crushed. And I'm like, well, yeah. at least maybe I can just still see more of Queensland again. Queensland has so much yeah, shit to I'm see. Yeah, I'm like, I can I can go up north. If like if they don't make any distance restrictions, Yeah, I would love to just, you know, explore a little bit of Queensland if I'm going to be here for a Have you ever been months. up like through Cape York and stuff? Never went up that far. Fuck, the furthest so I went up. What's above Daintree? Is that Cape York? Uh, no, it's Cape York the tip. Well, I mean, I guess you could call... Daintree is pretty much where it starts. Like once you get past Port Douglas. And that's where you start um, full driving and it gets really. Yeah. Like you can. So the Daintree is called the Crab Track. So that's what you can. Oh, Google Google that if you like the Crab Track's fucking so sick. My dad's actually going up there this week to ride. He's driving up there now. Um, We rode our bikes from Cairns to the very tip of Australia and back the other day. Yeah. So just go, just type in like Google image guy like Kreb track C-R-E-B. Okay, Cape Tribulation. Oh, like C-R-E-B. Um, yeah, Cape Tribs. Like that's pretty much, I'd say that's like the start of. Is that the furthest you can really go along the coastline without being on a, in a full No, no, you can go to fucking Cooktown. But you go inland, right? Uh, no, nah, Cooktown's like on the coast. Some of the stuff you have to go um, like inland I didn't, a little I didn't bit. do any of this creek crossing. So but I know this friends is like, that did all this. Yeah, so this is like the Kreb track. So this is. Is the, that the one where you like. To drive through it, it's like a crazy like. Nah, you're. Have you seen photos? I've it's seen. Yeah, some of my friends did. They had because they had to leave out their trailer at our place. Yeah. While they went up to the top, the slingshot. Like, that's called. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and like, like watching that. I was like, that makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. So um. Oh no, that's not the crit. Just type like oh gun sh- gunshot actually gunshot uh Cape York. Yeah. It's uh, it's on the on the old telly track. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that. That's, that's what, yeah. Yeah, they showed me videos of them having to do that, and I was like, oh, 
no. Yeah, so we did uh, August last year. We rode from our bikes, like literally just out of my uncle's driveway in Cairns, and then we rode all the way to the top and then all the way back. How long did that take? We did it in like 10 days, I wow. think, that we did it. We were fucking moving. Like, we were supposed to do it. We were supposed to take 14 days, but we all, I don't know what the fuck our problem was. <laughs> we were just like, oh. Let's keep going. <laughs> oh, we were just, we were just all having too much fun, I think. There's so much adventure up there. That's what I loved about it when I lived up that way. Oh. It's like, there's just like adventure, like, uh, I don't know, something different about it. It's yeah. Cool. I loved it. Yeah. And people, I mean. People have that adventurous spirit. Yeah. Like we, we grew up there. And, like, we would hike fucking Bartle Freer all the time and yeah. we'd, like, walk up the pyramid and we'd do all this, like, constantly at all of our swimming Outdoors. holes. Like, we knew all of our shit, like, yeah. all of our spots. We knew how to, like, we knew how to fucking steal our parents' cars and yeah. not drive on the road <laughs> and go for hours, you know, like. And there was... Not city kids. There, well, there was that group of people, but then there was the... Kids in town that were like, there's fucking nothing to do here. This is a fucking deadbeat town, you yeah. know. But there's just some people that like up there, you know, you can either have like that super adventurous spirit and go to all those places or you can just be a fucking bum. Yeah. So, totally. but. I remember when I was like there, I worked with some girls that had like lived there their whole life and they're like, whoa, you've seen way more places than I've ever seen here. Like they just, yeah. I think because sometimes when you go up in a place, you just like you take it for, uh, for uh, take it for granted. Yeah, and you just don't really care for it. Whereas I was there and I was like, what can I see and do? So I was going to as many different spots to take photos. Like that was my motivation behind it. And because I simply enjoyed adventures. And yeah, they'd be like, whoa, I've never even seen or heard of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I just... I just always remember like staring when I when we were in cars and we're driving up to um you know we like drive to school or drive into town or whatever and I just stare at the mountains like constantly because yeah. like the main highway from like the, the south account yeah and you've just got the the, the mountains they're mountain. always if you're driving north they're on your left if you're driving south they're on your right yeah. like you can just constantly up stare. on the Atherton Tableland there was so many waterfalls up there. oh yeah it's insane up there eh. There's one place, Mossman Gorge. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. Have you I ever, have you ever seen that in a flood? Um, I don't know if I did see it in a flood. Type in Mossman yeah, look, Gorge in a flood. Yeah, that's me. Second picture? That's me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the ones that like at the time was like, wow. Really? Man, there's some crazy places in and the Daintree too. And now it's just on like Port Douglas bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Thank you. For Credit. Photo. Wait, um, should we fucking I'll call I'll invoice them? you later. Wait, should we call them? <laughs> should be like, hey, uh, we've there's got a, a copyright claim. <laughs> I should report. For, for a bit there, I used to like get a bit funny about that stuff and like chase people down and be like, oh, like you can't use it, like copyright, you need to pay for that. Now I just do it. Yeah, fuck it. Couldn't be bothered. Um, yeah, look at it in a flood. Go to that yeah. one. Did you ever see it like that? Yeah, I seen it when it was real. Yeah, wet season. Oh, humping, hectic, eh? The yeah. amount of water that, that comes out of that shit. The difference between wet and dry season, like there, uh, dry season is like trickles. Yeah, yeah, barely water in it, man. Yeah, yeah, it's such a, it is such a beautiful place up I there. I really want to get back there. I thought, yeah, that's me. Oh, yeah, that, those girls. It's me and my friend Melissa. No shit. That was on a Queensland job. No way. There's literally... This is hectic. You can't Google anything without her photos being like... Well, we're looking up the region where I first found my... Yeah. Like, fame, so... 
Have you ever done the drive from here to Cairns? Yeah, we, yeah. that was the the last Queensland job I did. This this one there with that girl, we were on a job with Toyota and Queensland, and it was driving from Brisbane to Cairns. Oh, like I, feel like, full, I feel like most people that are here have done it. Like Cape York, though. Like, oh, probably not. Like, I mean, I haven't even gone that far up. Oh, it's so it is so cool up Look there. Look at all these cool waterfalls. Yeah, and, and that used to be my thing. Like, let's go chase a waterfall and like see what it looks like and figure out what the best ones. Yeah, which are the best waterfalls. And and you you got out to the reef a bit too, eh? Yeah, I yeah. had I had a year pass with Cairns Dive Center. They used to do those year passes for locals. Yeah, yeah. And then each time you went out, you just paid like twenty five or fifty dollars. Yeah. And you paid for like your year pass, which was maybe like two hundred and fifty or five hundred dollars. And then each time you go, you just book in and you could go out and pay like just a little bit and go either you could either say drop me at Fitzroy or I'll go to the reef for the day. Yeah, yeah. Do like go out to one of the outer reefs. Yeah. Have, did you ever do much where you went out on like private boats with people? No, I didn't get to do that much. Fuck, see, that's like that's where the where, crazy, crazy, Because you can go to way shit. better reefs. I remember oh. people showing me and being like, oh, if you come out with us one time, like yeah. we have our own boat. Yeah. But I just never got the opportunity to go out with anyone. Well, that's what, that's what we did a lot of when we were kids, like, because we just would go out on on the boat and yeah, like, you're like you could drive yourself to a Fitzroy. Oh, we, and just park up there. We used to never go there. Like we used to go to all like different K's and like all these like little sand islands yeah. and stuff. And you'd pick the tide and you'd like we used to just drive, park the boat on um you know like on the high tide and then the boat would fucking go on just full beached on the <laughs> low tide and you just stay there stay until there the tide until come the tide and, and then floated float your boat again. But yeah, it's just, it's such, did you ever go to the boulders in Babinda? Yep. Yeah. That was another picture that um, did really well for me. If you look those up and then maybe put my username. Type in Gypsy Last Bol- uh, Babinda Boulders. Did you ever hear the stories about, like the, the Aboriginal the, stories the girls there? That, yeah. yeah, there's like a, like a Dreamtime story yeah, or something yeah. about it, right? Yeah, so. Gypsy with an S-E-A. Um. Yeah, so there's like an Aboriginal dream time story that one of the uh, – there was a, a man and a, a young man and a young woman from uh, different families, uh, Aboriginal tribes, and they weren't allowed to marry, but they married anyway. And uh, then they went swimming here after they like kind of run off together and then they got they got sucked into the devil's pool and that's – That's like the whole story. A bunch of people – I can't see the picture, but – A bunch of people die sure there too. Because yeah, they, they just get you sucked, get sucked in under the, the rocks. Yeah. I remember hearing stories of that when I was there. Someone explained. And I was like, "Oh, creepy! I'm definitely not swimming." Did you ever go to like Bahana Gorge and stuff as well? Yeah, the name's familiar. I can't picture it. It's a it. massive walk. Like you've got to walk for fucking ages to get up to the top. But that's pretty cool as well. Bahana. Bahana Gorge. I don't know how you. Was it yeah. the one that's up really high? Yeah, yeah. You got to walk. It's like in Goodwell, like near the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. There's fucking so much up there. It's such a good spot. But yeah, and then so Cape York is just a whole thing again. And it's I, just insane. And I remember there was this one spot in the Daintree where I took pictures. It was like this blue. Yeah, the blue hole or whatever they call it. And yeah. then I found out later that it's actually like a like a sacred, sacred yeah. place. And you're not meant to like go there. It's like where women used to go to birth, wasn't it? Yeah, something like something that. that. Yeah. And like, oh. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few spots. That up. second uh, down? Yeah, that was the spot. The blue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking amazing out there. Oh, on an interview. Flight Center interview. Shares her slice of paradise. T and Q. Look at you go. Well, we just did three hours. Wow. I'm going to cut this thing off.
Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really appreciate you coming on. You you didn't know a lot about the show or or I had a look earlier and I was like, I'm just gonna roll with it. Yeah, because yeah. every time like every time I've done podcasts recently, I've enjoyed them. Mm. After I've walked away and been like, that was cool. I actually liked that. Mm. Whereas before, I kind of built up this thing of being like, oh, what will I talk about? But then I realized it's like it's just having a conversation. Mm. Yeah, and it's cool. Like, I I just enjoy the fact that there's no phones there's no distractions you, yeah. you know sort of i don't think it's very often you get a chance to just like sit and really talk. really talk with yeah no, it's kind no of a different experience isn't it like mm. you wouldn't yeah when when else would i you have these kind of experiences you don't no. really like you, even if you meet someone at a dinner it's like a a little small talk yeah but you're not actually like digging into like stories and your life and how this happened and why like yeah, it's cool. No, I, thanks I've, for having me on here. I really enjoyed it. It was cool to, um, yeah. There's, I mean, fuck, you could have, we could have talked for uh, <laughs> hours, hours <laughs> more, more. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, re- I really appreciate you coming on. Um, very, very cool story. It's really cool to to oh, hear you. what you've done. Uh, not only just with you know the travel and stuff, but mm. then to turn it into, you know, a business the way that you have and. Um, yeah, to achieve the things that you have at 27, I think is definitely very, very respectable. So <laughs> appreciate you um, sharing your story. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, actual daddy, for hanging out and switching and <laughs> providing us with some uh, good TV content. <sighs> and uh, we'll see everybody soon. All right. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Just got to give a shout out again to the companies that help make this happen. The guys at Cricks, Boost Mobile, Dixon, Combat, Macro Kitchen and Anarchy Trailers. And don't forget, we've got our new Get Excited tease up on the website. Uh, Working pretty hard this week to try and bring you guys some more podcasts and some more content. Uh, The mid 2K build is going strong. Don't forget, you can follow that hashtag on Instagram as well. Um, That way you don't just see the stuff that we're working on, but you see uh, the stuff that our 75 registered builders uh, have been working on. It's been such a fun project. So um, again, thanks to Lauren for coming on the podcast. Thank you to you all for continuing to listen and to support the show. Um, Never enjoyed doing it any more than I do now. Love you guys and I appreciate it. Thank you.